Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Stuart Weber's going to be so disappointed in me. Why's that? Because I was supposed to come up here and say something Star Wars related. So you guys would be uh, impressed? I'm, I'm, why? Because the, the, I guess like the, the new trailer dropped today? I think so. So I was supposed to hey. say something like Ray. Hey. I forget now. Mm. Something about Ray. Mm. Let's not worry about Ray right now. Okay. Because the, the in my opinion, did you see it, Cruz, the new Star Wars trailer? I saw the announcement, but I didn't see it. Disappointing. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We can we can get into that a little bit later. That's a violent take on a Monday. Oh yeah, I have some strong thoughts about it, and I'm not impressed. And maybe if Stewart comes into the studio later, we can chat about it as well. But yeah, I was disappointed to say the least. Mm, the countdown is on, baby. Thirteen days until the Jaguars and Chiefs play at TIAA Bank and open the regular season. And wow, what a twist of events over the weekend with the mm. Andrew Luck retirement. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that because that thing has some uh, tentacles to it. I mean, there's a lot to digest on the Andrew Luck front, and I'm not sure anybody's fully digested it, although everybody's debated about it and talked about it at this point. I bet it was buzzing at the water cooler this morning. How about the Gators beating Miami? What a sloppy, ugly game. I hate the uh, term week zero, and maybe that <laughs> game turned. Join the club. <laughs> maybe that game was proof that we shouldn't have week Week zero. Maybe you need another week. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's clock was off. Uh, I think that game was more sloppy than any of the high school games we covered on Friday night. And you do expect some mistakes early in the season. That was ugly. It was long, but it was entertaining. You know, it was good. And I, I was impressed by Miami just as much as you should be impressed with Florida getting the win, overcoming a bit of adversity, not really playing well for turnovers and still getting the W. So uh, we certainly will talk about that uh as well. And then there's Florida State. Florida State opens this Saturday in Jacksonville against Boise State. And no surprise, we've been saying it for a couple weeks now, like a lot of folks, the favorite was James Blackman to win the quarterback position. James Blackman does get the QB1 spot for the Seminoles, and it's a game week for Florida State. It's a game week for Georgia. It's a game week for pretty much everybody around college football now that the uh, little lifter is out of the way with uh, the Gators and the Hurricanes. Brent Morneau, Austin Lane, Coos is here as well. Uh, we had a lot of fun Friday night. Coos, nice work on the high school game of the week and was just talk, talking to a lot of people about it uh, downstairs and TV and, and uh, here on the radio side. And uh, we're pretty fired up about uh, the Action Sports Jacks game of the week on ESPN 690. This week it stops in Fernandina Beach, Yuli at Fernandina Beach this Friday night. Uh, and you can check it all out on all the video platforms uh, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, right here on ESPN 690, ESPN690.com. Stuart Weber will be on the call of that with Kevin Sullivan as I go out of town uh, later this week. Wife becomes a Hall of Famer this week. Yeah. That's what happens. Big big news in the Martineau household. It is. She's, yeah. she's been digging up uh, artifacts. <laughs> That's what I call them, right? Yeah, 20 yeah. years yeah. artifacts yep. from uh, th- to be on display uh, for her Hall of Fame induction. I don't know if you're Very going nice. to have to do this. Uh, she, yeah, I don't really take into account the artifacts part. She's subscribing to your uh, an hour before the wedding, plan the vows and, and what you're going to say. For sure. You'll probably do the Press same about your Hall of Fame speech. I, I, I might not even write one out. I might just speak from the heart, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
she That's uh, I do my probably will write one out. But okay. You can tell she's a math major. She's struggling <laughs> to come up with the words for a Hall of Fame induction speech. She wants me to write it. She's not, waiting for me to say. It's not an exact science, Brent, when it comes to speech writing. She is not waiting for me science. to say, can you just write it? Or, or she wants me to say, I'll write that for you. Let sure. me, I'll write some notes for you. I'll help yeah. you out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, I've been busy. Okay, yeah. we're three weeks away from the Action Sports Jacks Dream 18, uh, presented by Cadillac, and uh, also by the law offices of Ron Scholes and the Players Championship as well. So, been doing a lot of work uh, there, and, and can't wait for the Action Sports Jacks Dream 18. Might be the most successful one yet. We uh, we have to close it out soon. Cap it off with golfers. Have a lot of golfers playing in three weeks. So, uh, looking forward to it at the golf club at Southampton. All right. So that's it. That's what we've got. So we have three hours to talk about that and a whole week to talk about everything else too. Let's begin with Andrew Luck. I'll get okay. to the Gators and Canes, but let's begin with Andrew Luck. Your shock level Saturday night when that went down and just uh, some quick thoughts about really a very talented guy who now gives up a lot of money, a legacy, maybe even a bust in Canton, Ohio, and uh, his name littered all over the record books, I would think, too, uh, to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, so I'm watching the college football game, and all of a sudden it flashes across that Andrew Luck retires, and then literally two seconds later, Kuz sends a text message to the group saying that Andrew Luck retired. And I thought it was a joke. You know, like, I didn't take it seriously. I thought someone basically got into a fake Twitter account, and they read it, and that's what it was. So I wasn't buying into it. Well, then, you know, I kind of go on Twitter and do a little research myself, and I see, yes, Adam Schefter reported it. Even when Schefter said something, so then believe it. Like, I, I, yeah. I just didn't believe it. You Everybody know, I thought, thought like, his, his account got hacked. Yeah. Like, I was just like, this, this seems a little too fishy. There's no way Luck's going to retire. So I went on Twitter, saw all this stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to wait until, like, an official thing from him comes out or yeah. the team comes out. Or Brent retweets it. Or Brent retweets it. So then so I, I go back to watching the the Hurricanes-Gator game. Um, probably about the third or fourth quarter now, I go back on Twitter, and I, and I see there's a press conference with Andrew Luck. So I start watching it, and sure enough, the guy retired. And... First of all, to say what a professional the dude is. I mean, this is a guy, uh, judging by his speech, wanted to tell his teammates on Sunday yeah. that he was going to retire. Somehow, there are word, no secrets there anymore, are no secrets. people. Yeah, so somehow word gets out uh, a day earlier. It gets spread. I guess his players knew about it on the sidelines because other people were talking about it. So Luck kind of had to do the ultimate audible, right? He had to do his, you know, his retirement speech a day before he expected to do it. You and know? a t-shirt. So, and a t-shirt. And that's the thing. He's even <laughs> apologizing, saying, like, Mom, sorry, you know, I'm not wearing a suit and stuff. This kind of came unexpectedly. So he stood up there, gave a speech, thanked all his teammates. You know, it was probably about a 20-minute speech. But I watched the whole thing. It was great. But then after that, had the professionalism, had, you know, just, I guess, it's hard. He just he didn't have to explain to the media why he did it, right? Like as soon as you retire, you can walk off, you can drop the microphone and say, "We'll see you guys later." But he stood up there after his eloquent speech. He stood up there to question after question after question. Hey, why you're and it's you know it, and it's all the basic stupid questions you know that you don't want to hear right now, especially after retiring. Why you're retiring? Are you gonna come back? What's going through your head right now? Obviously the guy's upset. Obviously the guy's a little hurt. 
he probably doesn't know if he's going to come back or not. Like, there's, there's just questions that should wait to a different time. But he stood up there. Uh, he faced the gauntlet, basically, and answered every single question with class. So I, I was impressed from that part. Yeah, no surprise there. I mean, he's a classy yeah. guy, smart guy, and he had to know all that stuff was coming, no yeah. matter what. Well, maybe it was a day earlier, but he still had to know it was coming. So um, I actually like the fact that it was a little bit more impromptu than planned. and mm-hmm. uh, the, Not that it wouldn't have been genuine on Sunday, but it had a little more genuine feel to it mm-hmm. because it was happening. I mean, everything we had heard, I mean, I'm doing a couple shows Saturday night waiting for the Gators game, and we got post-game reaction coming in, but everything we had heard, it was going to be a Sunday news conference. That's when he was going to announce, and all of a sudden, bam, he's up on a podium uh, that I noticed. So, uh, listen, end of the day, we understand why he did it, why he said it, what what he said about it, but what do you think? Why did Andrew Luck retire? We don't know Everything that goes into it. We know he's been hurt. We know what he said about being tired of fighting that fight, and it's draining, and I get it. And we've talked to guys for years, and when they are hurt, it's tough. Mm-hmm. People talk about being depressed when, when they're hurt, and you're not around the team. You don't feel a part of the team. Guys say that. They've told us that a lot over the years. So why after this last year, when it looked like he had come back, one of the ultimate comebacks, and and had a fantastic season and looked to be himself again, even with an ankle and whatever else he might have had going on, the calf. Why did he do it? Why do you think this was the time for him now, and even though he just realized it maybe in the last two weeks? So watching that press conference, it was obvious to me that he was just emotionally gone. Like, he was just drained, He and he even said himself, he was tired, and I think the game stopped being fun to him. And I don't know how the guy feels physically. I mean, I know in the NFL, you're never going to feel 100%. You're always going to have, you know, the, the the bumps and the bruises and everything. I mean, with Andrew Luck, this is a guy who played a game and finished it on a lacerated kidney. Not sure if anybody's ever been hitting the kidneys before, how much that hurts. I have. I was almost in tears. I got hit in the kidneys, let alone lacerating your kidney and finishing the game. So I'm not going to question the dude's toughness, all right? I'm sure the guy's in pain. But I, think, I just think mentally um, he just didn't have the love for the game anymore. And I think once you lose that love, it's hard to walk in that practice facility, that stadium every single day and try to put on not only for yourself but for your teammates, you know? Uh I respect him more for walking away from the game if you lost that passion as opposed to coming to the stadium every single day with this fake passion, with this facade that you actually care when you really don't. And then in in return, I think you're hurting your teammates even more. Yeah, you can't fake it at that position especially. You can't no. fake it in athletics. I mean, you're 1%, but everybody's big, fast, strong, and they'll gain on you. It, it, your, your weaknesses will be exposed. It's kind of like what Tiger Woods says at a major, right? says your weaknesses will be exposed. You can't fake it around a lot of these golf courses in a major championship maybe at a course that fits your eye you might be able to have your b game but not in one of those type of deals so same thing for andrew luck if i mean you you got to be all in and, and i don't think people really get that fully what does that mean all these things have become cliche from an athlete to a fan perspective mm-hmm. but i mean that they're in there at six o'clock in the morning and they're out at six o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night and then that's not even the physical part of it that's a lot of the prep work and the mental part of it and and everything that goes into it and everybody dissecting every word that comes out of your mouth every movement that you make on a football field every play that's good or bad I mean, there's yeah. so much that goes into that position uh, i have a respect for that and so many people in sports will say this people in the real world don't but people in sports say when when asked when is it go, when are you going to retire or when is it going to be this well when i lose the love for it when i lose the 
the love for going into that gate and punching that code and and heading into a team meeting when i lose that when i don't want to be in training camp anymore uh you know tom brady was he still enjoys that stuff mm-hmm. so i think uh i think this is andrew luck saying you know what I've always said that. I believe that. If I don't have my heart in it, if I don't love it as much as I should, for whatever reasons, I'm getting out. And I think he did one of the most difficult things you can do. He was probably honest with himself. Because all the things people say outside, I'm sure he had the same thoughts. I'm 29 years old. $58 million or so still on the table. Hall of Fame, legacy, touchdowns, passing yards, a lot of fun on Sundays, right? Yep. I'm sure he said all those things to himself, too, and then still said, you know what? I can't do it anymore. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's probably the admirable part uh, for me. We got a lot of reaction from the Jags on Sunday. I sat down with Leonard Fournette, and I was not sitting down with Leonard Fournette to talk about this topic. But I ended up talking about this topic, and Telvin Smith came up. Mm-hmm. So we'll hear from him uh, throughout uh, the afternoon as well on the Lux situation. All right. What does it mean for the Jags? And are more guys going to do this? That's still on the way, plus Gators and Canes next on ESPN 690. Think about the weekend the Jacksonville Jaguars had. And while you don't, I want to preface this with, you don't root for people's misfortune or anything like that. Although some people do. Yeah. Like my kid might because Andrew Luck retired. He's like, woohoo, Jags. Yeah. It's like, settle down, young man. <laughs> you shouldn't think like that. Show a little respect. Um, but it's reality. Is what just happened the last few days in the NFL. It's not just Andrew Luck. I'll take you back to Friday. Taylor Luan suspended for four games. He lost his appeal. Now, we knew he was suspended, but he lost his appeal. Mm -hmm. So it's official. He's out first four games, which means he's out against the Jaguars in week number three. In a game on Thursday night, in a game against what looks like maybe the most formidable defensive line in football, or at least arguably, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a huge loss for the Titans, who already, I think, have question marks at quarterback anyway. So... Yes, they've had the Jags number, but that helps the Jaguars, uh, no matter which way you look at it. On Saturday, and this was a devastating injury for the Houston Texans. Lamar Miller goes down with an ACL. He's out for the year. And, and again, I, I'm not, uh, I don't think anybody should be, uh, fist pumping somebody's injury. Yeah, never. But the reality is that impacts the Houston Texans in a big way. Now, do they go trade for a Melvin Gordon or somebody like that and actually make themselves better? They could. I mean, that could be the domino effect of this. But as it sits right now, the Jaguars in the AFC South got a break because they lost their top running back for the, for the year. I mean, that's, that's reality. And then on top of it, the biggest one of all. Because the biggest one of all is Andrew Luck, not just because of how shocking it is, but because he's clearly the best quarterback in the AFC South. As good as their roster has become, which is good, and hats off to uh, Chris Ballard in Indianapolis. They built their roster very nice. I think they also had a lot of things go right for them last year with that roster. But the reason they were good, the reason that people figured they would win the AFC South, the reason why they might be able to make a deeper run is because of Andrew Luck. He's an elite quarterback in the NFL. He's the only elite quarterback in the AFC South. Don't bring up Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's not elite. He might be. 
I think this, the well, ju- the jury's still out on him. I, I'm a, might be the minority on that, mm-hmm. but he's not an elite quarterback yet. He isn't, especially with that offensive line for the Texans right now. I'm not sure if you watched the Cowboys game at all, but that Texas offensive the Texans offensive line right now looks absolutely atrocious. Yeah, bad. They, they have some issues. Really bad. And not that good. means can he make it through a season? Like exactly. last year, he got beat up, and he's going to have to learn not to take hits. So. So Luck's move obviously really changed the the landscape of the AFC South, but you couple them with all these other things going on over the weekend, and wow. I mean, Jacksonville, it's hard not to know that they, in my opinion, are the favorite to win the division now. Mm -hmm. People have Houston. I think I've seen like the odds makers have Houston as the favorite to win, and I think a lot of that's Watson. But you brought up the line. No Lamar Miller. I still think we wonder... A lot of people think Arrow is totally up on Watson to get to be an elite quarterback. I'm not as convinced of that. I'm not as convinced. What are they doing with Clowney? Where's he going to be playing week one? Is J.J. Watt can even hold up for another season as he gets older and older? I think they have question marks. I really do. Now, to say the Jags don't. Now, I get it. I understand. But uh, I think the Jags are the favorite to win the way they look right now. They look like they have a dominant defense on paper. They have a Super Bowl winning quarterback at quarterback, something they have not had around here, uh, not just with their resume. I'm just talking about a quarterback that's reliable, most likely, in, in a decade. Uh, and the AFC South has not had to worry about the Jags quarterback situation. Now they might have to. Yeah. And then on top of that, Leonard Fournette continues to look good. Yeah, you got to knock on wood and hope he stays healthy. Their offensive line is now healthy, which it hasn't been the in, for the last year and a half. So I don't think this is not... Uh, me homering up sunshine and rainbows club owner president and everything but it's not i, I think if i don't think this is outlandish to say the jags in my opinion are the favorite to win the afc south now i don't think vegas has them that way but i have them that way yeah i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna falter for that i think the intriguing thing with the houston texans right now is the power of their offense right because the power of their offense is going to lie lie in their wide receiving core. I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki Kuti, who kind of caught on last year a little bit uh, from that slot position. Now, you have a guy throwing on the ball, and and, yeah, DeAndre, who... I'm sorry, sorry, Deshaun Watson. uh, All things considered, we... He's good, Brent, but I'm not ready to give him an an, an all-pro status. I'm not ready to write him as a pro bowler yet. I'm I'm really not. So, there's a question mark that I feel like I quarterback. And then you put that behind an offensive line who is, number one, young. Number two, played at a horrible – and I get it. It's the preseason, but guess what? You had a lot of your starters out against the Dallas Cowboys, and it did not look good. You lose your star running back in Miller, who came on last year out of nowhere because this was a guy who was kind of on the back nine of his career. It felt like it. Comes back and has a pretty stellar season. You signed Duke Johnson out of Cleveland. Duke Johnson's an intriguing guy. You know, that this is a guy in Cleveland – who was more of like that third down back, kind of like that change of pace back. But he's never had to been the bell cow, quote-unquote. And I don't see him being the bell cow in Houston. Now, I think he offers an interesting dynamic in, in able to be a wide receiver out of the backfield, but I feel like you need more than besides that to be successful for the for the Texans. So you say all those things, and they have a pretty de- decent defense. We'll see what happens with Clowney, like you said. But you, have, you absolutely have to pick the Jaguars, I would say, to win this division this year. Now... The Titans on paper, yeah, the, the Jaguars should roll over them. 
But we've said that the past couple seasons, yeah. and every single season, it seems like the Titans have the Jaguars' number. So I'm not. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans, you know, have a, a pretty great season as well. But like, I watch Marcus Mariota, not impressed. Um, I think they actually have a QB battle right now, so we'll see how that pans out because Mariota has not been playing well in the preseason. But it's like I said, when you play that smash-mouth football against the Jaguars, it's worked for the Titans the past couple years. Who's to say it's not going to work again? Yeah, and Houston, by the way, you bring up their passing game. Well, it's strength against strength because obviously the Jaguars' defense on the passing defense is really good. Mm -hmm. So you really don't even worry about it that much because you like what you have from a defensive perspective in the passing game. Here's the deal with the Jags, and this is why I think this was so wild what happened this weekend all the events from the afc south teams there have been very few times i've been around here now since 2008 and there have been very few times that you would say man the jags got lucky the jags got a break the jags wow look at that in their favor now there have been times 2017 they played a lot of backup quarterbacks they the ball bounced their way they stayed healthy there was that and they had success they have jalen ramsey who didn't get picked in the top four picks in 2016. That was a good break. Now, the other guys did okay, by the way, with who they picked, but it was a good break for the Jaguars to land Jalen Ramsey, who I think, and many people think, best cornerback in in the game. I think they just got lucky this year in the draft. Josh Allen, well, you've seen what he's done, but I'll take you all the way back to April when I said they got lucky. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen falling to them at number seven, Mm -hmm. whether before he even took a snap in the NFL, was like, wow. I yeah. mean, nope, they didn't expect to get well, him. And if, if I recall right, he was your pick he for, was. For, for the draft. And I, I remember you said that. I'm like, well, there's no way he's going to follow them. Like, yeah, in a perfect world, Josh Allen would be a great pick, but he's not going to follow the Jaguars. Sure enough, he does. Well, and now you start to think about how does Bosa do in his NFL career compared to maybe the way Josh Allen did San Francisco make a mistake, mm-hmm. even though everybody had penciled Bosa in as the top pick or two. Mm-hmm. And so that will be fun one to watch. But the bottom line is they got lucky there. So you note the times that they get lucky. And, and it has happened. I'm not saying it hasn't. But when it does happen, my point in this is you need luck. And I'm not talking about Andrew. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you do need luck in the NFL. You need luck in sports. Mm-hmm. You need luck in this game. It's not everything that you do and how you coach them up and how you prepare and scheme and all those things. The teams that usually do well also get a stroke of luck. And this is an example of that over the weekend. Where does it lead? I don't know. But I'm just, it's worth noting that they got it. You played against Andrew Luck. You tweeted a picture yesterday. And yeah. It was a very nice tweet. I shared it even on the TV side of things. Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> by the way, you were like 30 pounds heavier in that picture. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably I mean, about a nice 15, 16% body fat. I was going to say. I know, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's pretty wild. What I was, was a little bit about 270? Uh, I was probably like 265 in that picture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about that? So, yeah. all right. Give us your Andrew Luck story. I teased it on the social media yeah. channels uh, just moments ago, so I don't want to go to break before sure. you tell us. So, yeah. And basically, where, where that picture came from, it was November 8th, Thursday night, 2012. And the reason I remember that was for a few reasons. Number one, um, that was the day before my birthday. Okay. Uh, number two. Write that down, Coos. Yeah, write it November down. November 10th is his birthday. 9th, actually, because I said 8th. Oh, So ninth. the day before. Hey, Coos, November 9th, like I said, <laughs> is his comes birthday. After eight. All right. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. But, uh, but I, I was also a captain for that game. Ah, Coach cool. Morgan made me a captain. So I remember when luck came out. I remember watching the draft 
and I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but uh, he had like this flip phone. Like, like immediately, it was kind of the narrative of Andrew Luck was kind of like this dork yep. and just like maybe didn't really belong in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, Stanford guy, yeah, exactly, super smart guy, exactly, super smart guy. I think he got like a 37 on the Wonder, like something yeah. ridiculous. I like got a 21. Now, let's be whatever. honest, he is a little dorky. No, he is a- absolutely for an athlete. Yeah. He's a little dorky look. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> I'm not I, knocking I him. Play, he is. No, no. And I had a play against Peyton Manning in the Colts, and I had to go through that whole process of Peyton Manning being dominant. Now, all of a sudden, they get this dude, Andrew Luck, from Stanford. It's partially your fault, by the way, if like you didn't the, beat him in 2011. <laughs> who's going to be like the heir apparent uh, to Peyton Manning. So, I don't want to say like I despised Andrew Luck, but I wasn't the, the, the big fan of Andrew Luck, okay? So, you know, we, we shake hands before the game and everything, and he's one of the captains, obviously, the starting quarterback, and I can't remember what I said to him during that, but Needless to say, I wasn't his fan. All right, like, I, I wasn't there to be his friend. As far as I'm concerned, this is an opposing quarterback, and I'm trying to inflict as much pain as possible on you. Yeah. Okay, and I said it in the nicest way possible, in the most respectful way possible. So I had a pretty good game. Um, I got a couple hits on him in the first quarter, and obviously every single hit that I got, uh, I kind of made sure to drive my my helmet in, into his side as much as possible because this is back then when they're upping the passer. Isn't like it is now, yeah, right? Yeah. So I the made it a habit. So uh, I made it a habit of uh, you know adding a little extra when I could here and there. And as far as talking on the field, Brent, I was never much of a uh, of a verbal guy talking trash to, especially the quarterbacks. You know, like with Peyton Manning, I respected Peyton Manning too much to try to talk smack about him because why? He'd probably shut you up in a heartbeat when he calls an audible <laughs> and embarrasses you. So like, I, I never talk smack to Peyton Manning, but I felt like, you know, you got Andrew Luck here, this Stanford guy, just this kind of dorky kind of guy. Young guy. I, I don't like him, this young guy, all the hype around him. Colt's supposed to be okay with him now. I don't like this guy. I'm going to start talking some smack to him. So, you know, I tackle him here and I, I, I woo, get in his face and everything, <laughs> let him know about it, say you like that, you want some more, all this stuff. Uh, so flash forward, I think it's Did the third quarter. Did you ever say he might be a bouncer at the Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> I may have relayed that one to him as well, especially because he looks Those like Those are it. the kinds of insults that would really throw someone off their <laughs> yeah, game. Absolutely. <laughs> So, I, you know, I'm spitting all these insults at him, and I, I might have cursed at him a couple times, and he didn't really say anything. He just kind of laughed it off, whatever. So now, flash forward to the third quarter, and we're getting beat by, like, I think 15 or 16. It's, it's not good. Um, he, he rolls Surprising. out. Yeah, it's a... It's a quarterback rollout. I beat my man. I get the sack. And usually when you, uh, you know, coaches teach you... Uh, the, 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 like the sack strip isn't good enough. Get the sack strip, get the fumble, pick it up, and run. Well, I was so hell-bent on like, trying to put my whole body weight on Andrew Luck that I didn't even worry about the, like, the, like, the strip sack. I, I just wanted to hit him. So I hit him. He fumbles the ball. I don't care about the ball flying. I just try to dive my helmet into his spine, and it is what it is. So I think Jeremy Mincy ends up getting the ball, and it was a hard hit. Like I knew he was probably hurting a little bit from that hit. And, you know, obviously I get up and celebrate, and I'm we're down by, like, once again, 16 or something like that. Probably should have been celebrating. One but, of those guys. But, but I was celebrating. You know, I was doing my Break little... Break out the window. I was doing my little sack dance and everything <laughs> like that. Well, Andrew Luck's walking back, and I go, yeah, that's what I... You know, I'm just... I can't repeat what I said, but that's all day, baby. That's all day. And Andrew Luck just goes, hey, that was a good hit, man. That was a good hit, man. I'm like, that kind of... That kind of threw me off a little bit, because now... Because <laughs> now, like... I've been talking with to you. Kindness, Andrew. I've been talking to you the whole time, and now you're going to respond by just basically, you know, congratulating me on that sack. And I get it, you're up, but 
I still sacked you, and I still, you know, probably inflicted a little pain on you, and you're going to congratulate me for that. So that kind of threw me off going back to the sidelines. So fast forward now towards the end of the game. The game's over. We got beat by a lot. I can't remember the score. I tried to block that out. Well, it's 14 times a year. Yeah, I know. So uh, I'm getting ready to go celebrate for my birthday now and just kind of drink my sorrows away. And you know this, Brent. After the game, I never made it a habit of talking to any of the opposing team, yeah. especially when I lost, because I, I would be upset. Um, I didn't. I wasn't there to make friends. Uh, I was going to go back to the locker room, probably throw my helmet in my locker as hard as I could, and be pissed because we just got beat on national television on Thursday night, and I was a captain, so like I was bummed out about it. So I'm walking off the field, not talking to anybody. Andrew Luck runs like sprints across from his sideline to where I'm walking back into our tunnel. He goes, hey, 9-2. And I don't know who it was at the time. I just heard 9-2. So I thought it was maybe like a coach or one of my teammates. I look back, and here comes Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck is saying, hey, 9-2, hey, 9-2, wait up. I'm like, okay. And he, he, he puts his hand out, and this is the picture that I posted. He puts his hand out. He says, man, you're a big mf'er. And... Number one, this is back when we didn't know Andrew Luck didn't swear at all. So like, I thought that was just kind of common. He called me Big Amber, but whatever. But he's like, hey, man, that, that was a great hit out there. You played really hard, I can tell. And, like, dude, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I talk smack to you. I tried to hit you as hard as I could. Um, I got in your face a couple times. I gave the impression that I did not like you. And you bring it upon yourself not to go celebrate with your teammates after the game because you just kicked their butts, but you make it a habit of literally calling out my name when you know I probably don't like you, come across the field, shake my hand, and say good game. And it was my human instinct in me, Brent. It was it was the way I was raised when he put his hand on me. I'm like, hey man, that was a great game, you know. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, me disliking him didn't care. It didn't matter anymore. It was more about having respect for him because he did that. So when he did that, it kind of changed my whole, I guess, way I approached the game a little bit, where if this guy can be that dominant, he was a dominant quarterback even at that time, Brent. Even though he was, I think, his second year in the NFL, he was a pretty damn good quarterback. And the fact that he took it upon himself after all the crap that I talked to him, after all the hits that I put on him, to come across and say, hey, that was a great effort, good job, um, it really changed my whole perspective on everything, man. And And, and since that time... Whenever I saw Andrew Luck, dude, I'd shake his hand and say, hey, that was a great game. And uh, I gained a lot of respect from that day. I got humbled that day a little bit. And uh, I probably learned a lot about how you you know act as a professional from that day. That was a great story. Yeah. And that's what Luck is. I mean, I think yeah. that's why there's so much. Did you find one person that really ripped Andrew Luck over the weekend? Yeah. That was a player. I didn't. I did yeah. not find that. There was a ton of respect out there, yeah. I think, because of stories like that, things we don't see. Yeah. You don't capture that on TV. You got a yeah. helmet on. You don't know. There's that famous one out there where he says, nice hit uh, on the uh, the video because he was mic'd up or somebody was mic'd yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, uh, The NFL films type thing. And yeah. um, I forget who that was against, but he's like, nice, nice hit, big well, man, or something like that. Like well, that, when right? it comes to, I guess he's always like that, Brad. Yeah. And, like, and like back then, we didn't know that. But yeah. then all of a sudden, you see all these clips of him saying, nice head, nice head. It's like, oh, that's who the guy was. And then yeah. he also said he, that he never swore, which is a lie. That's because a he swore <laughs> to me. Call me a big MF-er. Um, yeah, yeah. I also <laughs> think about this in your storytelling. Now you translate that to what you do in the cage, and yeah. there's this ultimate respect, even if you lose yes. or win most yep. of the time exactly. in a cage in your sport. So yep. he was kind of doing that even long before you were doing <laughs> it in a cage. without a doubt. Hey, good story. Uh, hey, Gators and Canes talk, plus a lot more Andrew Luck. My conversation with Leonard Fournette, plus other Jags' reaction uh, about Luck. It's all on the way here on ESPN 690. Hey, we're going to get back to Andrew Luck. There's a lot more to get to, I think, on this topic. And we saw it here in Jacksonville with Telvin Smith. And I'm not convinced Telvin Smith is done. 
but he submitted retirement papers. He's not playing in 2019. Are we about to see this more in the NFL? Are these isolated incidents? Now, it's not the first time it's ever happened. I mean, who's everybody talking about this weekend? Barry Sanders got out a little earlier than most people expected. Uh, Calvin, Calvin Johnson, Johnson, before people expected. Uh, who else am I missing? There's another. Oh, Jim Brown, before mm. people expected back in the day. And I've read a little bit on the Jim Brown stuff. People said Hollywood was waiting for him, you know, sure. unlike maybe some of the other guys. I even bring up Sandy Colfax in baseball. Now he was he had arthritis, and so there was injuries. Mm-hmm. Not to say he couldn't have gone a little bit longer, but it's happened before in sports. But are we seeing it more in the NFL for a variety of reasons? Dollars, CTE, yeah. the danger of the game in general. Uh, we want to talk about that end of it uh, and and how maybe it even relates to a Telvin Smith coming up. Uh, uh, a little bit later on in the show. But now let's talk a little Florida Gators, Miami Hurricanes. You watched the game the other night? I did watch the game. Uh, well, it mm. might have lasted more than WrestleMania. <laughs> Can we play a little quicker, please? <laughs> I mean, do we need 23 penalties? Yeah. I mean, how about college football? It, it actually was only about three and a half hours. It felt like it was forever. Felt like an eternity. It really did. An entertaining game. Sloppy, sloppy game. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, I actually think I was impressed by both teams. And Florida being, the, under Dan Mullen, they've been really good at adverse, you know, in these adverse situations where you kind of feel like in the midst of a game, you're like, wow, wait until the water cooler gets to this game yeah. on Monday. Like, wait until they say this about Dan Mullen and this about Felipe Franks and this about this Florida team that was coming off a, a fantastic year last year and a top 10 ranking going into this one. And then, bam, all of a sudden they make a play, and even Felipe Franks finds a way to make a play, and then they make 15 plays on defense. And then the other side of it for me was Miami. I, I think think you have to give them credit for being in the game um, the way they were, for at times feeling like they were in control of the game because of the turnovers. And for Manny Diaz, the way he had that team ready. Remember, Manny Diaz got the job in December. That's mm-hmm. not that long ago. And on top of that, he made what most people believe was an underdog kind of choice at quarterback. Well, that kid looks like he might be ready for the big time. It's going to be fun to watch Jaron Williams play. I thought he was impressive. They didn't want to put it in his hands, you could tell. But I, I thought, thought they he was handled impressive. him very well. I think like, so, too. Those, like, especially like in the first half, throwing those short to intermediate passes, a lot of those bubble screens. Um, it really helps the quarterback's confidence. Yeah. Now, the offensive line for Miami, more specifically the right tackle and the left tackle as well you could put in there, didn't do many kind of favors whatsoever. No. I mean, and he held the ball long. No, he did, and you could tell that he was still he was young. I mean, I can't I forgot how, how exactly how many delay a game calls there were. They had to burn some timeouts, and that falls on just being a young quarterback, not knowing the situation, maybe being a little overwhelmed at times. But that, uh, but that hurricane offensive line did him zero favors. I mean, it's one thing where if you get beat on a good pass rush move, I can understand that. But it's another thing where it looks like you don't know the count, you're late out of your stance to get up, and the defensive end just blows by you. Like, that does nobody zero favors. So he didn't have any help at all, <laughs> yeah. say the least. Well, he didn't, and, and, and you have to help a young guy like that out. Yeah. Now, the thing about it is we talked about the Gator offensive line against the front seven of Miami, and I think everybody sure. was, was interested in that matchup. 
probably didn't I think uh, we knew this but people didn't talk enough about Miami's lack of experience at, on their offensive yeah. line and, and the problems they have on their offensive line against the Gator front that can get after you especially with Grantham so yeah. uh, calling the plays and they did a nice job I mean again they had to win that game like four or five times yeah. now on top of all this what, what I would what I do think and I know there's a lot of Gator fans uh, in, in our area more than Canes fans and, and more than any other uh, college fan base uh, here in Northeast Florida but I think you have to at least admit that the Gators got breaks. Although they, uh, Miami got breaks Whoa. because of turnovers, but those yeah. are self-inflicted. The Gators got breaks because there was like a pass interference play that, that on the left sideline. Like, that was not pass interference. There was a movement on the fourth down on the right tackle yeah. uh, for the Gators. Whoa. They didn't call it. Guy drops the punt. I mean, that that's an ultimate well, but break, that's too. self-inflicted just like Felipe Franks fumbling down near the goal line. I'm yeah. saying they got officiating breaks. Okay. I actually thought even Jaron Williams down there was on five or six yard line on one of the possessions. I thought he got popped late. Mm-hmm. Now, he had made himself into a runner, and I think that's why they didn't call it. But they could have called it, and I don't think people would have argued. So they got a few breaks in the game. The Gators did. And they still only won 24 to 20. Now, they won despite four turnovers and 10 penalties. So they did not play well. Uh, bottom line. Everybody knows that. Interesting though. I think I, I, I come away impressed with both teams, even though it was a really sloppy, ugly game. I never believe that Florida is going to have a football team that's going to win a national championship or go to a final four this year. I just don't think they're not ready. They might be the eighth ranked team in the country. But there's a huge separation, in my opinion, between them and Georgia. They have not closed the gap enough. There's a That was a big gap to close, and maybe they're getting a little bit closer, but they haven't done it, and I don't think they're going to do it this year. So that's been my opinion on the Florida Gators. Miami, it was just hard to figure out what they were going to be, and I think they learned two major things on Saturday night. Well, actually three. One, they're going to bring the fight like the old Miami teams used to bring. And I think that front seven has an attitude about themselves. And I thought I was impressed with their secondary, too. But uh, well, minus the two plays. But uh, I also think they made a right choice of Manny Diaz. And I think this kid is going to be a quarterback to watch. I don't know if he's going to be a Heisman winner. But I think at least they have a little bit of something to get excited about the QB position in South Florida where they haven't really had that uh, in, in recent years. So I'm interested yeah. now in both teams and see where they go from here. I get it. That was a sloppy, sloppy game. And, Brent, I always say you make the most progress as a football player from week one to – or I'm sorry, from your first year to your second year. Well, I think you make the most progress as a college football team from week one to week two. So I get that. There's probably going to be some sloppiness expected. Okay. But the penalties, um, I find the penalties inexcusable. Now, some of them, I mean, for instance, Brent, when Miami's driving towards the end of the game, fourth and long, and the Gators guy blatantly passing it, I mean, it's a pass interference, pulls the guy down basically, yeah. first and ten Miami Hurricanes, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, and, and that falls, that's knowing the situation, but that falls directly on coaching. You know, so, and I kind of talked about it, you know, when we we're previewing them a little bit with the Florida Gators here, where is this Florida Gator team all in in the fact that they had a lot of offseason distractions, um, more than any probably other team that we can mention right now? Are they all in as a team? And for the most part, I saw a team Saturday night that. Made a lot of mental mistakes. I saw Felipe Franks go up and down the sidelines, which, hey, I would be, I guess, it would be wrong with me to say I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan, but then I don't like what Felipe Franks did. But here's the difference. 
Baker Mayfield, when he does all that kind of stuff, he backs it up with his play. Felipe Franks didn't back it up as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you, you, you cannot go 17 for 27, two interceptions, and then go up and down the sideline, getting in the camera spaces, saying, you know, all this stuff, like, tell him to be quiet. Dude, you're, you're, you're in no position to do that right now if you're Felipe Franks. So I did not like that at all. Yeah. Um, I thought it showed a lack of character, and uh, I, I didn't think he was really disciplined. Interesting you say that. Like, the 4th and 34 to me, I... I I disagree with you in terms of putting it on coaching. I mean, it's like the guy, it's like what we do in sports, right? We say like rookie mistake or freshman mistake or this mistake. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some mistakes that you make. It's like, have you been playing football since you were eight? Have you done this since you were 12? Well, then it's not a rookie mistake. I love that. It's my favorite thing in a broadcast mm-hmm. is to hear rookie mistake. Yeah. There are some things that are rookie mistakes. Maybe the moment's big, all that. But some of the play fourth and 34, you don't pass interfere with a guy. I don't care if I've never been coached in my life. I know that, yeah. you know, I mean, you could have kept them in front of you for another 10 yards and he could have caught the ball and be fine. So that's where I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Is this really on coaching or is this on a guy making a knucklehead play? And they had a couple of those knucklehead plays. They yeah. did. So I, we you know in totality, do you end up going back to coaching? And if you're making too many of those, that's fair enough. I think specifically on some of those plays, I don't know what the heck the coach is supposed to do. I know we didn't coach him to do that. Uh, maybe he just didn't say it enough or there's not a severe enough penalty for it yeah. if you do it. So, uh, it, you know, they again, they were sloppy. It was a sloppy game. It was an ugly game. It was really something I expected to see kind of like Friday night mm-hmm. when I watched the high school games. Because I thought we'd get more of that kind of procedural stuff and guys not ready. And the game out was Trinity and Columbia. I didn't see a lot of that, actually. Yeah. I mean, there were some flags, but I didn't see that. Then I watched that Miami game, and they could not line up in the first half. Mm-hmm. They couldn't line up. So uh, whether that was on Enos, whether the, the offensive coordinator not getting the play call in quick enough, whether it was on the young quarterback, uh, could be a variety of things. Both teams have a long way to go. Let's just say that. Uh, but I also think they did some nice things. Hey, let's bring in South Beach Gary. Uh, had had the Canes winning on Saturday night, probably. But uh, are you impressed by him in a loss? Let's make under the boardwalk by the drifters this song of the day. And uh, Austin, uh, talk about penalties. The Jags certainly have had their share of penalties over the first three preseason games, too. Yeah, without a doubt. I've actually called them out a couple times on it. But And, uh, you know, especially Taven Bryan, you have one personal foul and you, you commit a second one. He's not a rookie anymore, Brent. You don't be making this dumb mistake. You make one, and then you make a second one a few plays later. So, inexcusable. So in the, in, in the terms of Taven Bryan. Austin, isn't that inexcusable? Is well, inexcus- I think the coaches have said it was inexcusable, yeah. really. I mean, you can't make two pass, uh, two uh, roughing the passer penalties. You can't rough the penalties. Probably speaking, one, they would say it's inexcusable. From, from, from Taven Bryan's standpoint, though, I think what has, what's happening to him right now is he's kind of pressing a little bit. He's trying to impress the coaches. He's trying to get in that box score, whether it's a quarterback hit or whatever, and he's actually overexerting himself now. He's going above and beyond, and he's making, the, he's making those kind of mistakes. But I'll say this. It is inexcusable, yes, but I would rather see Taven Bryant have aggressive penalties than penalties where he's lined up off sides right off the ball, okay? Because those well, are Jags more men. We're talking about Taven Bryant right now, though. Right. I mean, the Jags and Canes do both. I thought you were talking about the Canes and Gators. Well, I was very disappointed in the Canes' offensive line, just terrible. They were turnstile of the offensive line. I, I think the kid didn't do bad for for start considering the pressure that was around him and everything into uh, – the missed chip shot field goal, that just took all the air out of the team, I think, too. Yeah. No, yep. that, that was inexcusable to miss a 30-yard field goal. You, you one job, to kick the ball through the two uprights. 
You know, it's always me crazy when kickers miss field goals less than 40 yards. My goodness. They're a woman soccer player kicking 50 yards, for God's sake. Yeah, well, even, though she, even though it was a running okay. start. But, but, Brent, you're talking about all the injuries. Well, to me, i got to see Leonard Fernet show me he's not out by week three with a hammy, too. i got to see Linder and the Cam Robinson play more than three games without getting injured, too. There's a lot of Jags that got to prove to me that they're going to stay healthy, too. You're talking about the injuries on the other team. What about the Jag players? Yeah. All right, they, South they Beach Garrett. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I, I hear you. Uh, the, the, listen, I can't predict the future. I know what the trend has been with the Jags, be, but I'm saying right now the Jags are healthy. And they're yeah. more healthy than other teams. So uh, we're jumping all over the place there. Uh, let's back to the Canes. That was a, another pivotal moment because what hap- what's really interesting is the dynamic between what the Gators did on the fake punt and then they score with Kadarius Tony, and, mm-hmm. and they, so they grab all this momentum. Well, then I thought Miami did a nice job. They come back a little bit. Then they grab momentum because they do the fake field goal yeah. and they get a first down and the penalty works out in their favor. And then they come back and they can't punch it in mm-hmm. and miss the field goal. So the special teams was obviously a huge difference in this game, and Florida owned the special teams. They've been very good on special teams for a couple of years now. A uh, couple of key questions, in my opinion, on, on Florida especially. And one is they're the eighth-ranked team in the country. Yeah. Should they be? And if you're a Gator fan, I kind of wonder, like, uh, are you a little more skeptical now about this season after uh, uh, the hype of last year, the momentum of last year? Uh, you know, the receivers didn't do much of anything uh, from, you know, listen, Hammond made the big play. Tony made the big play. But Van Jefferson, Grimes, those guys, they didn't really do much. Uh, they did some on special teams. But from a receiving standpoint, I thought they'd do more. There's a lot of talk going in this game about how talented that wide receiver group is. They didn't do more. So, I just wonder from a Gator perspective now, like, ooh, let's wait and see. Uh, it's a long season. Yeah. And they got a couple of weeks and they'll play UT Martin and they'll beat them. Uh, and then the other side for, for uh, Florida is a question I asked Tate Casey on Friday when we had him on. It's a question I've asked that I'm not sure Gator fans want to ask themselves. Did we see the ceiling of Felipe Franks in the last five or six games last year? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think about that Saturday night because it certainly felt like the answer might have been yes. He had some good plays, but he washes them away with bad plays. But you do have to give him credit for making the big throw in the right time. The Gators are only going to go as far as Franks takes them. And I think this past Saturday they got lucky, Brent. They they dodged a bullet in a very hungry Miami Hurricanes team. Now, they had a lot of things go right. Obviously, Townsend, that punter from Florida – was he like a state 100-yard dash or meter dash champion someplace? Because, no, that, that dude was a day. He's fast, man. He's fast. And that was a big call because if they don't get that call, who knows what happens with the momentum of that game. So they had to take some pretty big risks. If you take that big of risks, especially in the first quarter, how confident are you in your team then? You know, so that, that begs a question as well. He's a little, little bit the, of a gambler, though, yeah, Mullen. Is, so but, I, I don't know if it feeds into confidence of the team. They plan to do it the whole yeah. time. And then did we ever hear why Florida, uh, four players were suspended for the game? Uh, for the Florida see, Gators? I don't even wonder anymore because it happens every year. Okay. Every opener. Georgia yeah. will have three suspended. Alabama just, will have two suspended. Clemson will have two suspended. It's, you know what it is? It's a long offseason. It's college. Yeah. I got one more question <laughs> for you, Brent. The, the touchdown rings, yay or nay? I don't mind them. I said, really? I didn't mind. I feel like I feel like we're, we're switching places now. That was bad. I, I really wasn't a fan of him. 
No, oh, it was bad. Like, what's next? Like, so the, not like the turnover chain, like the strip no, the suspenders, well, and not everybody liked the chain when it started. Now we got some rings and a little more bling. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the rings, man. Mm. How about a little balling yeah. and falling? I can tell what your falling might be. It's coming <laughs> up on ESPN 690. Uh, what you got on the uh, feeds over there? Some comments, huh? I like it. Yeah, someone wasn't gators? too uh, happy with your comment saying it was a sloppy college game. Well, I don't know what the heck you were watching then, because there were 23 penalties for over 200 yards, four turnovers, and a game that would never end because everybody was making mistakes. I mean, missed field goal. Sounds pretty sloppy to me. I mean, even the third down, the fourth down conversions for Florida were great. The third down conversions, I think, combined were something like five for 23 or, or something yeah. crazy. So, I, it, I mean, it was a sloppy game. I mean, they couldn't even get Florida lined Gator up. Gator fan, it might have been exciting, right? Like your team won um, against a lot of adversity. So if you're a Gator fan, cool. Well, but if, if you don't of- have a dog in the fight. I was with it's a sloppy. lot of Gator fans, and they were they were going through the motions. They were st- a little stressed out there for a second. I believe it. Well, listen, I didn't. I also said during the time, I said sloppy game. It was still entertaining. It came down to the wire. I mean, of course, it's entertaining. If you have a fourth down play inside the opponent's twenty with twenty seconds to go, that's exciting. I mean, it was. So there's a <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive. And yeah. It was a sloppy game. And I think it makes you wonder about the week zero stuff and and the early start. It certainly makes you wonder because teams don't usually play there. That game was moved up. Even from uh, I talk about this a lot. I mean, you can have the extra week and move up for your know, preparation, yeah. but it did change their summer. It changes your mental clock. Are you in? in are you locked in, focused the way you need to be a week earlier than you normally are? And a lot of times, by the way, in Florida's case, although I know they opened with Michigan a couple of years ago, Florida usually opens with a cupcake. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't opened with like a big opponent that that often. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think it's all up for debate because of the sloppy play. What else you got on there? Something uh, about uh, uh, the Jags and Jan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Josh plays lights out, I wonder if they'll let Jan walk due to cap problems. You want to answer this one, or should I? Go ahead. I Okay, so I guess I need to add more exclamation points to my big fat head behind Brent here with my cutout and say pay on, exclamation point, exclamation point. You just can't have one good pass rusher from the defensive end. If you have two good pass rushers, if you have three good pass rushers in that spot, even better. So, no, if Josh Allen starts to ball out and he's going to be the guy that we think he's going to be, that's more incentive to sign Jan to a contract just so you can have both edges locked up. So, no, I do not agree with that comment. Now, it's it's you can't have enough of them. The uh, the New York Giants beat the New England Patriots in those two Super Bowls because they had pass rushers. That's yeah. why they kept getting them, drafting them, signing them, playing them. And that's why they beat them. Yeah, they made some plays. Eli Manning did, too. But. They, that's why they were able to do it. And so they set a trend where you need as many of those guys as you can. And this, part of the trend they set was to have an eight-man rotation. It's mm-hmm. not just two guys. It's not just four guys. It's an eight-man rotation so you can stay fresh and make the big play at end of games because that's where you make your money. When it's third and ten with a minute and a half to go, Von Miller – He's the best in the game, maybe, because he closes the deal. Yeah. He might have been quiet for 58 minutes, and then he goes and has a strip sack, and the game's over. And that's how you seal the deal. That's how you, you're a big-time player. So, But you need to be fresh at that point of the game, yeah. and the more you have, the merrier. The one other thing here, if you're thinking about that, is Calais Campbell 
how long is he going to be here? I mean, it's a fair question. Like, how, what will they do next year? There's a lot of dollars wrapped up. He gets a little bit older. You could have a 24-year-old guy and a 23-year-old, well, 25 and 23 probably at that stage. Mm-hmm. You could have those guys for the next eight years if you want to keep them. So they are, again, I think Yannick Ngakwe should get paid. Uh, uh, there's, there's still nothing moving on that front. And one other caveat in all this is Josh Allen now is at a reasonable price. Even if he balls out like Bradley Chubb did, he's under a contract that's worth maybe $25, $30 million over yep. four years. That's that's reasonable. Can never have too many pass rushers. I mean, I think that's why why Taven Bryan was brought in the first place because they didn't need defensive linemen during that draft. But I think they drafted like the New York Giants did and tried to bring in as many guys as possible to load up the defensive line. Now, Taven Bryan hasn't played the expectations quite yet, but that philosophy was still there. You can never have too many solid um, and great defensive linemen. Yep, and you got to pay them this day and age. You do. They come we'll at a premium. The, the money talks a little bit uh, down the road. John Bachman from Action News. Jack's back from a week off, I think. We didn't see you for a week. Oh, yeah, we're wondering where you're at, man. Welcome back. Coos, can you throw Bachman's mic on? Check. Check. Oh, there, 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 there we go. Thanks, sir. Hey, Watching that Star Wars trailer is, in there. It's it all is good. good to be back. Yes, I was I was off for a week, and um, and it's good to be back. Good. CBS 47, Fox 30, coming up uh, at 5 o'clock. Yep. Uh, where did you go? Did you stay home? Was this a staycation? Well, it was, it was both. So my wife had a girls' trip planned, so I had to stay home and not had to. I got to stay home and, and play. Yeah, I had uh, to. Well, actually, I told my wife to listen to this. Now, yes and no. Yes and no. Here's the deal. You guys can all relate to this. Okay, so my wife is is a full-time logistics master, okay? She set up everything. I didn't have to worry about anything. I just had to get all my three kids to the multiple activities they had every day, point A to point B. It was going to be as easy as you could possibly be, and it was not at all easy. Now, it was it was it was fun. it was it was great. Like I, I I thoroughly enjoyed those three days like of like seeing my kids practice their sports or going to the activity, like helping with homework, like the stuff I don't get to do on a regular basis because I'm here working at night, right? Yeah. So I thoroughly loved it. But it was hard work and I told my wife, I'm both jealous of the time you get to spend with our kids and also grateful for what she mm-hmm. does because it's crazy. I mean, it's she did all the planning and it was still nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she yeah, did yeah, it all yeah. for me and all I had to do was literally look at the list and go, oh, we got to go here, and it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, so, that's good. That's cool. So yeah, it, it is good. different because you don't get to be. I mean, I'm, we're obviously in the same boat. You don't get to do no any of that. I, I don't know. Get is the right word, but you can't help out. I mean, I'm I'm no. useless. I and I I readily admit it. Yes, like I'm useless when it comes to the kids. It might be a practice like at eight fifteen. I can pick them up, uh, run home in between yes. shows, and and maybe like like feel like I'm helping out, that's like right. fake help. Right. I'm doing well, something. But, yeah. And I'm sure you like me. It's even worse for you because you don't have your weekends either. I at least typically have my weekends. Yeah. And so weekends I shut it down. I don't. I don't, you know, lots of guys will be able to go and, you know, play golf or whatever they want to do because they've been able to do a lot of stuff during the week that I can't do. On weekends, I'm I'm all in. Like, I'm I'm at the soccer fields. I'm yeah, whatever. Because yeah, yeah. you have to be. I mean, you Gotta just be. have to be. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Well, that's great. Cool. So, uh, but um, you're going to tell me the next four days of the vacation were better. They were. Yeah, <laughs> they were. I, I, earned, I earned a good vacation out of that deal. I did. I went, uh, a friend of mine uh, uh, co- uh, teaches golf here in the in the wintertime. 
and teaches golf in Tahoe oh, during so you, the summer. This was the Tahoe trip. This is my fourth oh. annual Tahoe. Wait, you That's awesome. Lake Tahoe? Oh, buddy, you Dude, better believe it. Lake Tahoe's my jam. I love it, Lake Tahoe. There's, no, it's he- oh, there, there, there's a resort there called Heavenly. Yeah. There's a reason it's called Heavenly. Yeah. It is heaven on earth. Yeah. Go. It is absolutely oh, next week. breathtaking legit. and... It is. We're, in fact, I was talking about this with my golfing buddies. It's a, like a lost mecca of golf. You, you think of like Pebble, of course, and uh, Kohler, Wisconsin, and Bandon Dunes, and all yeah. these Myrtle Beach, um, Myrtle Pinehurst. Beach, Pinehurst, all these great. Don't get me wrong, they're fantastic. But Tahoe has every course we played was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, and the views, and, and it's just oh, it's just, and, and the weather is. You know, it was 85. It was hot for Tahoe. It was 85, and I didn't sweat once. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't sweat once. Yeah, and I it gets down go. in the 50s it's and on my list. Yeah, it's I got to get it. It should be. It's really cool. It's really cool. We didn't play the uh, Edgewood course where they play the uh, celebrity tournament. Okay. That's the one course I haven't actually played yeah, yeah. because the guy goes says, there are way better courses out there. Interesting. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. And so uh, we did. We did it. It was great. All right. But what do you got coming me. up? You guys don't care about me. So yeah, let's tell you actually. Well, um, Especially Dorian, if you can get me on one of those golf courses in Tahoe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm not talking about snowboarding. I'm not talking about golfing. But yeah, yeah, true. Well, the skiing is amazing. Oh, Squaw Valley, I mean, man. Come on. Uh, skiing yeah. is yeah. absolutely amazing. And you know what? They yeah. skied through July this year. I know. It was. Cr- they actually shut it down mainly just out of boredom. Like The people were tired of... I mean, you know, I don't know if they really had enough snow to keep it open, but the tops of the mountains still had snow yeah. on it in August when I was there last just two days ago. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. All right. I digress. Dorian, that's what we get to deal with in Florida. Tropical yeah. weather. Dorian is um, is out at uh, sea right now, but it's heading towards the lower. Uh, tropical Los storm or hurricane? It's not a hurricane yet. It's tropical storm. Okay. I think it's tropical storm. Yeah. Uh, but there's, of course, the fear that it could become a hurricane. Um, right now, it's, he, Burrish was just down there telling us that he'll know more as to exactly where it will hit and what strength. It could be anything from just a wave when it makes <laughs> its way towards Florida, or it could be a hurricane. Kind of, there's that wide margin. Okay. And he says he'll have a better idea Tuesday, Wednesday, tomorrow, Wednesday, probably Wednesday, uh, as to where the cone's where, going where, going to be. Well, you can see where the cone is, and it has Florida dead to rights, right? Miami is right yeah. in the yeah. Line well, of it. it could be anywhere between south, to, you know, wherever. There's still a wide range, but that cone makes it look kind of like wow, we, we got to get ready. But what Mike's saying is, look, yes, it could come towards Florida, and it could be a hurricane, but it could also be just a wave that really does very little, and he won't really be able to pinpoint that for the next few days. So that's why every track. You know, we have a new track coming out at 5 o'clock, and every, you know, 5 and 11 are the two new tracks, and then it's noon or 11 a.m. the next morning, whatever that, I, I forget what that is, but it's 5 and 11. Here we go. And so every every day we'll be getting a new update, and it's going to be the big story for the next five days yeah, well, at least. Uh, and then there's stuff behind it, too, so it's We've had a couple so big ones, what, two out of the last four years? Is that right? Uh, we, we had um, 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 Irma Matthew and, and Matthew? then Irma. Matthew in at 16, Irma in 17. Okay, so that's two yeah. in the last. Yeah, six, and then last year we had Michael, which yeah. didn't hit us here, but we we had some like her, uh, tornadoes and stuff that spawned here f- because of that. So and yeah, this is the hot time. This is the this is the peak of the season, right? Really, right now for the next month. I know Oof. it. You know why? Because uh, I can guarantee you there will be at least a threat of one on September sixteenth. Uh, yeah, the, that's is the day that of the Action Sports Jack Stream 18. Oh, of course. There you go. There, well, yeah, it's yeah, been postponed on two occasions. Yes, yeah, it really? Oh, yeah. In 16 oh. and 17, right? For Matthew and Irma, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Dang. So I can tell you, 
it'll be it'll at least uh, threaten us yeah. around that time frame. Might but, turn into like the G eighteen basketball tournament or something. Yeah, like that, that might be smart move. Or yeah. voting. <laughs> or voting. Yeah. Definitely not that. <laughs> maybe you know, that. maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So real quickly too, Len Matisse's foundation. Uh, speaking of golf, Len Matisse, great golfer, yes. local guy, Good does man. a lot for the uh, community, does a lot for First Tee as well. Um, anyway. He, his organization, his foundation is um, teaming up with the PGA and the Jags. And right now they're over at, well, I think they just wrapped up, uh, shooting some stuff, video with some Jags players talking about their experiences with bullying. And it's going to be part of a, uh, a PSA thing that they're doing with this Duval County school system. So okay. right uh, we had a photographer over there shooting them, shooting video. Uh, I don't know which Jags players are doing it, but uh, we'll have that story coming up tonight so you can find out with me who those Jags are. But I thought you could relate to that. And, That's uh, awesome. You know, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so. I've heard about uh, that. Len's an awesome guy. Does a great job uh, yes. with that stuff. And I just actually talked to somebody about the, that initiative today. Good. Um, so that's really cool that uh, that's taking place. And the Jags are partnering up. PGA Tour does so many great things uh, along with the Players' Championship. Uh, one last thought. Speaking of sports that's kind of gone into news, is there going to be an update uh, on the Hilliard on, football player? I, I tweeted something about the last hour or so that yes. he has a, a the tube, the breathing tube, I think, Think has been removed. Yes, this is a young man on Friday oh, I night know. I saw that uh, was yeah. rushed to the hospital. Had I, correct, uh, bleeding on his brain. I think it was. Yes, he was in an induced coma. He is in an induced coma. Yeah, still trying to treat the, the the swelling, I believe. And uh, the tweet we saw from Hilliard was probably the same one you're talking about, which is guarded optimism because yeah. the intubated uh, intubation has been pulled. He's moving his limb or his extremities. That's right. His extremities He's are still. Uh, in that induced coma, but they're they're hopeful. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I believe there's some video of the play. I don't know if that's been out. I don't know where that is, but I, I know we've 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 got it downstairs, yeah, and I don't know what the yet. status and is. And I asked about it, and I heard that it wasn't like a devastating hit. Now that 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 was secondhand, yeah. Yeah. but I heard it wasn't a devastating. But so maybe it was something previous in the game, or it also just shows you that it doesn't take a devastating hit exactly. sometimes, you know, and. Uh, uh, but anyway, our thoughts and prayers uh, with Hilliard right. and that young man, and and uh, there was some good news this afternoon on yeah, that we're, front. Yeah, we're going to so update good. that. And, I, and I, I, like I said, I, there's some talk about the video. I, do, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know what we have and don't have exactly. But there, okay. there is apparently some video, and I'm pretty sure we have it. And I'm, if we have it, of course, and it's arable, we'll, we'll we'll show it to you at five. All right, uh, coming up five o'clock, CBS 47, Fox 30. John Bachman back, back. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for stopping up. Hey, we're going to come back, too, uh, right after this. Uh, we will get the ball in and fall in. Plus, I want to get back to the Andrew Luck situation. Uh, you know, speaking of injuries, and are we about to see a trend in the NFL where more guys do this? And it's almost encouraged. Is there a different mindset about it? I'll tell you why it might be. That's coming up next on ESPN 690. What are you guys talking about? I'm trying to do some work over here. You're trying to eat. Kuz is telling you about what Breaking Bad? Yeah, he's never watched Breaking Bad. Neither have I. Uh, uh, good stuff, Brent. Some people say it was like the best show they've ever seen. It that's, really might be. That's what a lot of people have said. Yeah, I think it's up there with The Wire. That's people the, say the wire all about the, like, the meth stuff, right? Yeah, Walter White, Jesse Pinkman. I'm, I'm going to be honest, Kuz. Breaking Bad's the show... When people ask if I've seen it, usually I lie and say, oh, yeah, of course I've seen it. I bet. Because I don't want to hear the reactions like you just gave me. Oh, what? Yeah. You've never seen it? you got to watch gotta it. you got to watch it. No, you I'm do. well beyond that phase. <laughs> when it comes to a care. lot of things, screw it, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with Go that. Go ahead. Throw another dart. Have fun with that. <laughs> I'll take it. Who is, in your opinion, best show of all time?
I don't know, but because my I think Lost was my favorite. Lost is good. Brent, you lost guy? No, no, never saw it. Okay, but it's up there. It is probably okay. like top three. Top three. All right. I'll tell you my favorite show that I would not miss, like that I saw every show of, mm-hmm. at, at you know whether I DVR'd it or not, but went back and found every show, is uh, you know was at the time twenty four. Oh, Jack Bauer. So I mean I, I loved that, that show when it was on. Now that was years ago. <laughs> yeah, it always yeah. bothered not, me that I'm they never went to, to the bathroom. I'm not trying to make claim that it was. It's the best show of all time. I'm sure. just saying, for me, it's one that I locked into it. so much, like that I could not wait until the next episode. Like, I I, I, like that was, I was like, I could not wait. So I understand how you guys feel yeah. about all these other ones. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I honestly don't, and I'm not saying this, like as like I think a lot of people say, ah, oh, busy, I don't have a lot of time to. Do. Like I really just no, can't lock into a show, dude. It's a big investment. It it and I'm just, it's so all over the place. I tried to remember that Steph and I were watching This Is Us. Oh yeah, oh, everybody, too, too sad. I, I too sad. Too intense well, by the way, that yeah. was pretty sad show. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. But I got through like almost the entire first season. Okay, and because everybody's like the writing's an awesome. I mean, it's one yeah. of the best show, and it was cool to see how they did it. And I liked, I liked the show. Mm-hmm. It was well done. But then that was it. Like I think they've had three or four seasons of it. Uh, I got stuck at season one, like episode ten, yeah. and I was done. I was See, out. That's that's what happens to me. That's crazy though. Like you invest yourself at least for season one throughout the pretty much the whole thing, and then you're just like, ah, I'm all good. We'll just, we'll just let it go now. I well, it's not like I intentionally. I know, man. Says, like today, should, not today, but to this day, yeah. that sh- like we gotta finish that. <laughs> like, it's not happening, man. Yeah. It's just not happening. The the other one that I've the only show I've ever binge watched, and because I can do this because Steph wasn't a part of it, so I didn't have to wait for her. We didn't have to be home at the same time. Like she didn't care to watch it. Yeah. Was first season of House of Cards. Ah. Oh, and man. I thought I was like, and that was good. Like yeah. I was on that one too. I was stuck on it. I went through the whole thing, and. Then I think I got through like two or three episodes of season two. <laughs> Who does this? And then I was off. To go. Who does that? I can't tell you the last time I sat and watched a show. Yeah. Like on my couch. Like I really I can't. can't I, I, I honestly can't tell you that, like the last time I watched a show. Mine was yesterday. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Shocking. I watched a few episodes of The Office. I watched the other night when yeah. I, on Saturday night after I got off TV and I was doing a little bit more work. Person of interest was on, like a, an old intro. Uh, like I watch, like I get locked in for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll even, I like every. I, I'm not a critic, man. I like all the shows. I'll get locked in on the stupidest yeah, no, thing. No one's judging you. But um, but yeah, I just can't watch it. What was the last show you watched? Last show I watched. I mean, I watch shows every night. So um, you do every night. Yeah. So what did you watch last night? What are you watching right now? Uh, it's whatever. It's got really. I don't have like a show. Like I have this. Oh, you know what? I, I've been watching. I uh, just started up. It's called The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Okay. Uh, Danny McBride. Um, I forgot who else is in it. Uh, the I forgot the dude's name, but it's called The Righteous Gemstones, and basically it's a take on like these modern uh, televangelists. Okay. Uh, and they're all kind of corrupt and everything. So that's a pretty good show. I'm liking a lot. There, there's a new one out on Netflix. What's the newest series on Netflix that people have been talking about a little bit? I thought there was one recently that somebody was saying. There's a couple of them on Netflix. See, the crazy thing is I'd like them all. Like, I yeah. would really, I, I, I could get hooked and I'd like them. I'm sorry, John Goodman is also in the Righteous ah, Gemstones. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sorry. Uh, he was him. on the Do- He was at the Dodgers game last night. I oh, saw cool. John Goodman. Yeah. 
That's twice I've heard of Goodman in the last 12 hours. I hadn't heard of him in like four years. <laughs> Where's he been since Roseanne, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do a little balling and falling. They want to get back in the luck. We have Leonard Fournette talking about luck. Jags players talking about luck. Uh, we got the Florida State quarterback situation as they come to Jacksonville. We'll spend a little more time on that as the week gets uh, uh, goes along and gets a little closer to Saturday. But uh, balling and falling. Yeah, Brent, uh, first of all, let me apologize because this is uh, – New York Yankees edition of Ball, but this is a pretty cool story. So during BP, uh, Aaron Judge came up to talk to an elderly man in a wheelchair, and the man so happened to be the father of one of, I guess, the the coaches on the Yankees. Okay. So they're playing in L.A. Uh, You know, the man was watching BP. So Aaron Judge comes up to the man because I guess he's a big Aaron Judge fan. Uh, Here's what Aaron Judge says to the guy as they're chatting. I watch every at bat. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. I never know what's coming. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Good stuff. Good to see you. I miss you in L.A. I think I miss you in Anaheim. God bless you, Aaron. Thank you. I'll get one for you tonight, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Final words from Aaron Judge before he leaves and walks away from the old man. I'll hit one for you tonight, meaning a home run. What do you think Aaron Judge did in his first at bat against Clayton Kershaw? Hit a home run. Hit a home run. He homered, I think, in every uh, every game yep, of the series. series. He's starting to heat up a little bit. Balling, Brent. You know, one thought. I'm kind of yeah. pessimist for a second, even uh, though that was balling. Are you about to be a hater with it's this not whole on story? The Yankees, not okay, the I thought you were about to make fun of this old dude for a second. No, no, no. Okay. Like those are awesome stories. Yeah. Right. When a yeah. guy like and and we see it a lot. Like a guy will go visit uh, maybe a children's hospital. Sure. So I'm gonna hit a home run for you tonight, and then yeah. we hear about it. We have so. Why don't we ever hear about the guys that don't ever come through with a home run? <laughs> Like, I mean, how many times does it get said that the guy doesn't deliver the home run? And is there any accountability for that? Well, to be fair, though, with the social media nowadays, Brent, that they posted that video before the game, and they said Aaron Judge predict, you know, guarantees home run. I think it's cool. So it's ballsy, though, right? (laughs) I mean, that's, that's big time. Like, yeah, that's legit. That's balling, Brent. That is balling. Okay. By the way, I, I. I had this problem when I hated the. I've always hated the Yankees, but I've had this problem in the '90s when the uh, when the Yankees were good, right? They won sure. three out of four World Series and blah, blah, all this. But the Yankees had good guys in that locker, like you know, yeah. they were Jeter. You didn't. I mean, it's hard to hate Jeter. You respect the heck out of Bernie Williams was a nice guy. You know, I mean, they had some guys that were probably jackasses, but mm-hmm. you had guys that were like really. Like they came across as good guys. Yeah. I don't know if they're really good guys, but they came across that way. Aaron Judge is that way. Like yeah. I think it's easy not to like Stanton. Yeah. Now he's been out most of the year. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't like Brett Gardner, and I should like him because I should appreciate the way he plays. But he drives me nuts as a Red Sox fan. Um, but it's hard not to like some of these young guys they brought along. And Aaron Judge seems like a really good dude. Aaron Nine Judge out of 10 is times. like Derek Jeter reincarnated. I feel like. Yeah, he's like right it's just like a perfect. He really is in a perfect spot mm-hmm. to wear the Yankee uniform, and 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 there is, I mean, the thing about the Yankees, they've got like the All American Joe DeMa, I mean, the classics, uh, Mickey Mantle, uh, mm-hmm. the Joe, you know, you get these guys that are just, they feel clean cut. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say because those guys had issues too. It's not like they were like no, the greatest but guys, but, but it kind of comes across as well. There's there's a baseball standard in how you present yourself, and then there's a there's like another echelon, and then it's the Yankee standard. Yeah, unfortunately, 
That's the way it is. I mean, yeah. You know, but it's actually interesting the Dodgers and Yankees played against because the Dodgers have a feel like that too with mm-hmm. some of the great history that they have and some of the players that they've had. There's just something, whether it's the uniform and the fit to the player, it, it, it's See, something different. That's hard for me to say, though, because after Manny Machado last year in the yeah, playoffs, then I don't the associate Yassi Machado with the Dodgers. I got you. you know, yeah, I, I, I got you. I, I don't feel that way. No, for sure. Um, I feel like Oral Hershiser yeah. and now Kershaw yeah. and, I mean, go John Drysdale. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those are the, the guys that I kind of picture. I picture more like the, the Brooklyn Dodgers, maybe. Yeah. Or, or just the clean-cut early years of the L.A. Dodgers than I do um, those guys. All right, my balling is going to be uh, Matt Overton. Yeah. Long snapper for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, this is cool. Did you see, uh, you know, he actually has been very um, opinionated on the whole Luck thing. He played with Luck. He played in Indianapolis before coming to Jacksonville. And he said Luck didn't quit on his team. Luck went through a brick wall a thousand times for his team. Always took the heat like a champ. Selfless, true pro. That's what he said yesterday. And for all the fans booing and i guess there's some talk of people saying i'm not I'm, i don't want my season tickets anymore yeah. well overton apparently reached out and said to any angry colt season ticket holders who are seeking a refund i'd be more than happy to buy your season tickets off you and donate them to riley children's patients and their families i'm serious all love matt i tell you overton's a good dude Really yeah. good dude, and uh, very nice gesture, and, and that was pretty cool. You know, that's a that's a what a nice response where you can get emotional, right? He knows luck. He knows he's pro- he could easily be like, shut the hell up, fans. Yeah, like what are you talking about? Why are you booing this guy? That's what I want to come on the show and do. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's what people want to do. And, yeah, and uh, I, what a nice little. It's kind of what Andrew Luck was. Your story about Andrew yeah. Luck. Instead of saying getting in a fight with a person on Twitter or getting yeah. in a fight with the fans, kill coming back kindness. and kill them with kindness. And uh, I think that that's a good representation of what Andrew Luck was all about. But a pretty cool move from uh, Matt Overton. He's balling today for nice. me. Nicely done. <laughs> Fallen. And unfortunately, we can't play this video because there is some language. But did you watch uh, College Game Day? Oh, God. You know, you know, you know I'm going with this. I do. I, this yeah. was... So this was bad, man. I did see now. Listen again. This isn't surprising, but I didn't get the reference. Yeah. Okay. The bottom line is he's referencing something. You can go on with the story. I was just shocked that he was still on TV and they didn't at least take him off for the rest of the day. Yeah. uh, Because even at night, he was still doing stuff before the game. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I think I've told a story before. I'm I'm a diehard college game day guy. I mean, this goes back to my childhood. Like it's some of the fondest memories I have growing up with my stepdad who was turning on college game day, seeing who Lee Course was gonna pick and put on the headgear. So like it's something now that I wanna pass on to my son. You know, I mean my son can watch it and it can be like a tradition kind of thing. Ty loves it, man. Yeah, he loves it's Corso. there's something about it. It's man. the beauty yeah. of Corso yeah. is that my fourteen year old, even when he was ten, eleven, twelve, yeah. loved an eighty year old man. Exactly. And he, and he watches for Corso. Yeah. I mean, Herb Street's great. Yeah. The rest of them are great, but he watches for Corso. It's for Sorry Corso. No, you're all good, man. So it's a great <laughs> point. I'm all for it. Anytime you talk some Lee Corso, I'll talk Lee Corso. So, following Desmond Howard, um, you know, I don't know if it was an attempt to, I guess, make some headlines on Twitter and, like, you know, be trending or whatever like that. But Desmond Howard, during the college game day, um, when asked about the whole Michigan and uh, Ohio State rivalry, quoted a Dave Chappelle sketch that featured Wayne Brady, and in this sketch, Wayne Brady goes, is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a, you know what, fill in the blank, use imagination. So Desmond Howard took off that 
and copied it himself. A and female says, dog. Yeah, a female dog. Uh, so Desmond Howard goes, is Desmond Howard, and this is on live television at Disney World, by the way, goes, is Desmond Howard going to have to choke a female dog? And when he said it, like immediately, I'm like, oh, that, that's the Chappelle show. But like, so you got the reference. I got the reference, but still, I was like, "Well, that did just he just really say that?" And, and thankfully, did you see yeah. that? Did you well, see those guys on set? And thankfully, Ron wasn't by me when that went down. So like, I rewound it. Like, there's no way. I thought it was just maybe like a miscommunication. Maybe I misheard it. Rewound it. Watched it again. He said it, and I was just like, "Man, I mean, I don't know how you, you, you can't do that." And, and like, like, listen. I get it's part part of pop culture, and maybe people from my generation or even kids younger than me might get that reference, because it, it's a big reference. But number one, it's kind of a bad word to say. Not number one, on live television and a sports show. And number two, think of like the older audience members well, not that, that. that, think that of don't this get it. Climate, yeah. In the last three or four years, from yeah. Ray Rice on, yeah. To yeah, it's it's, just, just it's not a good it, look. You can't do it, and. I guess you're just Has trying to be funny. Has suspended him at all? Has anybody no. heard anything? No. So here's the funny thing. So Desmond Howard apologized. I heard you know? that. I saw but that. then Wayne Brady, Wayne Brady came out and said, "Hey Desmond, don't worry about it, man. Like I appreciate the tribute to me." So like people started really on Wayne Brady because who doesn't love Wayne Brady? So now they're trying to get Wayne Brady to be a, a guest uh, host or whatever, like a guest picker on College Game Day. Listen, I understand at the same. I understand where the context was. Now that I understand it, sure. So I I, I yeah. get that he wasn't meaning the. The actual, no, no, I get no, it. No, and yeah. I think everybody should. Yeah. I mean, we should take a, a breath. It was, it was a, a pop mistake. culture reference. But it still was such an asinine decision to make the reference yeah. that if they had suspended him for next week or if something like that happened, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm not sure I would really be against it. I mean, it it's, was such a dumb... The other thing is this. I was actually thinking this before because I was watching. Yeah. And and I love that show. I think I tell people if you want to watch good TV, watch College Game Day. It's, it's really good TV. Between the story, you the don't have banter. to be a sports fan. I'm no, saying if I mean, you work downstairs in our business, I'll say go watch College Game Day. That's how live TV should be. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And and a lot of different ways. Not every segment's good. Not every minute's good. But it's really good in totality all fall. And I was thinking actually before he even said that, and I saw what happened. I was like, man, Desmond's had like. Eight months to get ready for this show. This, mm-hmm. and he's not been good today. Yeah, like I was actually thinking, I was like, some Desmond has his moments, mm-hmm. but I actually felt like even in the whole show, he was off. He yeah. just wasn't that good in that show. He was from from anything from predictions to this to that. I just thought he was off anyway. And then to add on to it, what he did there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything from a disciplinary standpoint, yeah. even with the reference. I think everybody now understands it, yeah. even if they initially didn't. Yeah. Well, and it's one thing, like, remember when Corso did the F-bomb uh, when they're, I think they're at Houston uh, all yeah. those years back or whatever? Now, Corso so, like, can say whatever the heck he wants. But that was cool because it was spontaneous. He didn't plan to do it. It, yeah. it kind of slipped out. Desmond Howard, this is, like, premeditated. Like, he wrote this down. I was like, I'm going to say this is going to be awesome and be trending. And, yeah, you're a trending dude, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that was Not bad. a good look. That was really bad. Not a good that look. was one of the bad, that was a bad moment. Yeah. And the faces on the rest of the <laughs> guys on that set were like, <laughs> really just do that. Yeah. And I'm sure some of them didn't. I don't know if everybody got the reference on the set. I'm sure Lee Corso didn't. Well, you know? Yeah. But uh, interesting. Ugh. All right. Hey, I got my follow. And we get back to Andrew. I'll raise this question. Yeah. Because it was raised to me last night. Would Cam Newton be getting as much praise as Andrew Luck if he made the decision? Interesting. Hmm. Next like on ESPN 690.
All right, I got to get followed in real quick. And uh, let's make it Bill Belichick. I appreciate Bill Belichick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, listen, he's whatever. I sat through a lot of those news conferences. I worked in Providence for a couple of years, covered the Patriots, and is like, what are we doing here, right? But uh, so that is what it is. The next question guy, the guy that's not going to give you anything. He's been, he's, he's really good. The thing that loosened me up on that front is remember the NFL, like the football life they did on him. Remember he was out on his boat. Yeah. they did. Uh, I think it was NFL Network. That I'm gonna did be it. honest. I didn't watch that one though. Didn't? It was well, I'm like, but it's it, Bill Belichick. I don't. Well, but the thing about it was, I thought he showed personality. I was like, okay, yeah. this guy's not just like this boring, no personality guy. He's he just that's an act, For and sure. that's part of the football machine that is, yeah, the New England Patriots. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool because we saw a different side of Belichick. Mm-hmm. Well, he's asked about luck today. And he basically gave like a, a one sentence response. And at first he's like, well, I, I, I didn't even know what happened. Yeah. And he didn't. I, that wasn't the exact phrasing. But the Patriots actually had to come out and say he didn't mean he didn't know that it happened. He didn't mean he meant he didn't expect it as okay. like everybody See, else. And then that's what I thought when I first heard that. Yeah. So there's Sound been an light. update to that okay. part of the story where the Patriots have since come out and said he wasn't oblivious to it. Yeah. He was just saying it was. Whatever his phrasing sounded like, he was oblivious to it. Yeah. But it was more that uh, he was surprised and blindsided by it too. But I thought even the response was like, I mean, this, this I Belichick is. You know, there are guys that uh, in in probably the history of the game that almost have a responsibility to talk about other people, players, coaches, and the game they're in, so you can get this understanding and and perspective from them. You know, Belichick's considered a great, a legend. What would him having to talk about this abrupt retirement about a very good football player that well, he obviously respects? Well, I'm not saying he doesn't respect and him. And it's also a quarterback that you've played a couple times in the playoffs as well that you've gone to battle with. You have knowledge of him. Like, yeah. how, uh, why can't you give a little more than that on it? Yeah. You know, why do you got to give us – basically, he's like he gave us a statement yeah. instead of – it's it's not really about us. Why don't you applaud the young man? Applaud the football player. That's real. So I was a little disappointed in, in uh, him for that. You know, it's, it was a little bit too much the act. Yeah. And that was a moment where I thought Belichick could have humanized himself a little of course. bit. At the same time, applauding Andrew Luck like everybody else around the NFL has. And done. especially with Andrew Luck, where all things considered, is a genuine guy. You know, I mean, I, th- I think he, he's a model NFL player. I think it's a guy that, you know, you wish you had more of those guys in the league. And, yeah, for Bill Belichick just to kind of sit back and say, you know, his 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 usual one, two-word sentences, I didn't like that either, Brent. I, I really didn't. I felt like it was a time, like, listen, there, there's no, you're not going to give away any of your game plan. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a question about it's not who's, even related. who's hurt, who's not. Like, it's something like that. It's got nothing to do with how you come across to your football team. It's just, it's a question about a guy that you played against who is now saying that he's going to retire from the game. I mean, you, you can go in and be yourself a little bit there, Bill, I think, but that's just my opinion. So, All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. And I was asked this question, and I debated it. Yeah. If Cam Newton retired hmm. Saturday night like Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. would it have been perceived the same way was the way I was posed the question? yesterday yeah and i initially i got and and i still believe this i i got defensive i said i don't think it would have been i you you thought it would have been the same or different i'm sorry well i think the fan first of all universally around the nfl people are applauding luck 
I think they would do the same because I think they have the respect for Cam Newton and his skill set and his toughness and and what he's been through. And, you know, so I I think he he would universally across the NFL, people would say the same thing. I think this was coming a little bit more from a media perspective that luck was being praised. And, and, you know, now the fans were on and off, right? They were a little disappointed. The Colts fans, I think Panthers fans and maybe football fans would say the same. So leave the fans part out of it. But from the media perspective, the thought was, well, he would be treated differently. And not from a race standpoint. And that's where I thought we were going to go here. No, not from a race standpoint. More from a likability standpoint. Sure. But I still don't think so. I, I think the I think whatever coverage of the last couple of days that Andrew Luck got, my belief is that Cam Newton would get the same. Well, you got to assume so they're different type of players, right? So let's go ahead and assume that they're kind of on the same level. I mean, Newton has gone to a Super Bowl. Luck hasn't. Both of them haven't won a Super Bowl yet. But I think it's the personality, Brent. Um, I would compare like Andrew Luck if you're comparing someone. It's hard to compare Andrew Luck because this is a guy in his own right who's genuine as can be, almost to the point where it's like when when I first played against him, it's almost like obnoxious. It's almost like you can't like you're you're not that type of person. Yeah. Like I would almost compare maybe like a like Kawhi Leonard. You know, like Kawhi Leonard knows who he is, right? Same thing with Andrew Luck. Now. It may go against the grain a little bit, and it may not be the prototypical NFL player, but that's okay. That's who Andrew Luck is, and that's who Kawhi Leonard is as a basketball player. On the other hand, I would compare Cam Newton, you know, to kind of like this flash, needs to be seen type of guy, almost like a Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, especially in terms of style. I'll be honest, I'm not a big style guy, but sometimes Cam Newton can wear some things that <laughs> I just don't understand. So. I think when you take those things into account where Luck is more of just like the quiet, keeps to himself type of dude, knows who he is. Not to say Cam Newton doesn't know who he is, but I think Cam Newton's more of a look at me type of player. I think from that perspective, then yeah, I think they get perceived a little differently regardless of their stats on and on and off the field. Well, I thought you just described that in a perfect way it, it, because I think I'm pretty perfect and I said the same thing. <laughs> um, it, from a here's the thing. Yeah. Everybody, it's not that everybody loves Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. It's a lot that nobody doesn't like Andrew Luck because we have no idea who Andrew Luck is. He's boring. Yeah, he is no personality to us. Yeah. Now again, they, you might love him as a player. You mm-hmm. have your story. Mm-hmm. Every Indianapolis player. This isn't a knock on him, yeah. but he's a boring character for us. Yeah, he's he's not on social media, not on Instagram, not on Twitter. He, I yeah, I, I can't tell you of a soundbite that he's ever had. Yeah. I can't tell you of this oh my moment like in front of the cameras mm-hmm. other than playing football. And so I brought the same thing. I was like, Cam Newton, on the other hand, he brings a polarizing effect on the game because he brings attention to himself. He wears what he wears, right or wrong. I'm saying yeah. he wears what he wears. Well, that's an attention getter. People are going to form opinions. And mm-hmm. again, I don't think this is a race topic. This is, this I don't is, think so either. I, I, I agree. We, I could bring up a... I mean, I could bring up Baker Mayfield yeah. in, in the same way. So this, to me, this has zero to do with race. It's just that it's a different personality. And so personality-wise, I think Cam has is polarizing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I at times, I don't know if, if you just ask. I don't know if I'm a huge Cam fan or not. Mm-hmm. I, I've met him over here at an event. He was cool. I think he, I like his, uh, I mean, he's an unbelievable, he's superhuman in his physical presence i actually think at times he's an overrated quarterback i really do i think he has some of the same issues a guy that just left here had from an accuracy standpoint 
I, you look at Bortles throwing the football, and from an accuracy standpoint, you look at Cam Newton sometimes throwing the football. The only difference is Cam is an unbelievable specimen, and he throws a pretty ball. He doesn't True. throw a wobbly ball, but he has trouble. Now, last year, I know you're going to say, people out there, last year you go look at his percentage. It was really good. It was like 67%. Yeah. A lot of short stuff because he McCaffrey. couldn't throw. And yeah. a lot of Christian McCaffrey has really helped him out from a percentage standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, again, I mean, we can we can debate how good Cam Newton is. But this and is also he, a guy, he went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's also a guy who has a lot of injuries himself, just like Andrew Luck does, where he's, he's played through a lot of adversity. Well, and that's why I thought it was a good question. It's a great question. In that regard. But I, I honestly don't think they would perceive be perceived different mm-hmm. from the media standpoint. Okay. Again, the fans will have their polarizing opinions because yes. I think he has presented that self, not just Panthers fans versus other fans. I think he has presented where where if you're a fan of the NFL, you have probably have an opinion whether you like or don't like Cam Newton. Like you, you, you know, you want to hang you. That's your guy. Like you want to buy his jersey, or you're like, nah, that's a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. I think. But from the media standpoint, and I don't know how he is in the Charlotte media. I don't know if he's tough to deal with, or, or not. I think we would cover it the exact same way, and that's the way the question was kind of posed to me. It's like, wow, this luck is getting all this love and praise from everybody, and wow. Well, I think I think uh, Cam Newton, his skill set, the fact they went to a Super Bowl as MVP. I think it would be probably the similar coverage. I, I really don't think in, in this instance it would be that different. And again, like I said earlier, across the league, he would be praised like so many because uh, I think he's respected in the game. And listen, if you would have asked me two days ago, Brent, so-and-so retired, would you be more surprised if it's Cam Newton or Andrew Luck? I would have been more surprised with Andrew Luck than yeah, Cam Newton. Good point. Because... When I think of Cam Newton, yeah, I think about him, you know, in the Super Bowl, and there's that, you know, that great shot where he's kind of sitting, out, like, with his hands across his uh, legs, kind of, you know, looks like he's whining or whatever like that. I mean, that's taken out of context, obviously, but that picture sticks out. But, and listen, I watched a lot of Cam Newton because he was on my fantasy team, so I had to watch a lot of Panthers football. And you always see, like, Cam Newton, like, limping some, like, you know, because this, this, this is a big-bodied guy who takes a lot of hits, whether it's getting sacked, whether it's trying to gain an extra yard off a quarterback, you know, draw or an option, something like that. So, like, you, you're accustomed to seeing Cam Newton take all these shots. Well, you know, and I played against Cam Newton. This is, this is a big guy. He's like a defensive end playing quarterback. I mean, the guy's 6'4", you know, I think like 250. So, he's a big-body type of person, but, like, I always, I'm always used to seeing him, like, with a limp or, like, He's like, you know, kind of rotating his shoulder a little bit because his shoulder's all banged up. I mean, he feels broken down. He feels broken down. Andrew Luck has taken his fair shot, fair share of shots as well. And you, you see it when, when the media's reporting it. You know, he's got this calf, or n- now it's an ankle thing. But it's hard for me to, to imagine Andrew Luck being the guy that was like limping or the, the guy that was like showing the pain or even talking about it, you know, in the press conference. It just didn't come across that way. So from the media perspective, um, and even the fan perspective, I think it might have been a little treated a little differently just because I think this Andrew Luck thing was a giant shock to everybody. I don't think anybody really saw this coming. And I think with Cam Newton, while you wouldn't have saw it coming either if he did decide to retire, I think it would have made a little more sense in just the style that he plays and the hits that he's taken. All right, coming up in just a moment, I want to ask you then, should a Cam Newton contemplate this? Yeah. Should other players be contemplating this more than maybe we think? And... Actually, let's do that now because then I'll get to Leonard's. Uh, we got a few minutes. Let's uh, let's talk about that now. Yeah, let's get it. 
uh, and, and then we can carry it over. But I want to hear Leonard on luck. And I had an interesting conversation with Leonard Fournette, and he brought up Telvin Smith. So that will get us into this uh, over the next uh, segment or so. But could, these guys make a ton of money now, man. Make, yep. That's the difference. Uh Tim Green, there was the story on 60 Minutes last night. He now has ALS, played in the league. Yeah. And he he even said, he's like, you'd run through that wall. You'd do anything to play on Sundays, you know, to get another. Well, when those guys played, even in the 90s, the money was so different. I mean, look what Ezekiel Elliott's looking for. Look what Emmett Smith was looking for in the early 90s. It's so different. And from quarterback perspective, it's really different. The great dynamic here is you have a guy like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and, and who are playing until their 40s. So there are, there are these exceptions. But with the money so great, the game bigger, faster, stronger, and maybe more dangerous than ever. Yeah. The, the information and what science is now telling us yep. about guys like Green and others that have played this game for a long time, that those players weren't privy to a decade ago, two decades ago. Are we going to see more of it? And should we see more of it? Should guys shorten their careers? So I think you're definitely going to see more of it. And you hit on the research and just the things that are being done now um, in terms of like the head injuries and other injuries of that nature, where back, you know, back in the early 90s, Brent, even in the, the 2000s, even back when I played a little bit, you know, there was a lot of unknown things in terms of concussions. And I think players were more, listen, you have millennials and there's Generation Y. You know why they call them Generation Y? Because they ask why about everything. And I think with Generation Y coming up now, players question things. And that's good. Before, if you would question something back when I played or, you know, the, the decades before me, if you questioned something, that showed weakness. It showed that you weren't all in. Like, hey, my head hurts. Like, should we do something for this? No. Go and take these pain pills. You're good to go. Don't you know? Don't be a whatever you want to be called. But you know, <laughs> I, I want to say a word, and I almost said it, but I didn't. But uh, you know, don't easy, Desmond. Yeah, exactly. So don't be like that type of person. But at the same time, now players are starting to ask why. They're starting to take care of their bodies even more. There's the more research out there. So with all those things considered, where players are taking upon themselves to learn more about their bodies, to learn more about their games. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more players now kind of follow the Andrew Luck route a little bit and realize, listen play football for a little bit of a time, but you have the rest of your life to do something else. So I think players are going to take that initiative and do the same thing. And they got more money in the bank. Andrew Luck left $58 million or something like yeah. that. Well, he earned one hundred and five. Yeah, okay? exactly. He's doing okay. More on this in my conversation with Leonard Fournette about Andrew Luck. And he brings up Telvin Smith next on ESPN 690. Hey, it's Mike Golick from Golick and Wingo. Marcel Robinson is in the house. He's definitely the coolest guy in that room. You're listening to Action Sports Jack. With Brent Martineau and Austin Lane on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Whoops! What did he, I, I was I wasn't paying attention. What did he say? Kuz hit the wrong button. He tried so it to, didn't have Stewart. It was no, Marcel. It's Marcel. It's Marcel's. We That's, introduced Marcel instead of Stewart. Uh, I am not Marcel. Wait, hold on. Here we go. Can we get a read? Hey, it's Mike Golick from Golick and Wingo. Jacksonville. Guess what? Stuart Weber is here. That's finally, <laughs> someone with some talent. <laughs> And now You're I'm listening offended. to Action Sports Jacks with People Brett Martineau like, and Austin Lane. And now I'm offended. And ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. Mm-hmm. That's better. And now I'm mad. Do you have anything new? I thought he. I thought, mean, thought they've updated the fact that you're not friends. Him. Yeah, you're friends now. Yeah, well, what do they? Say? They didn't say anything about me. It's like, hey, Austin's here. They just Check say. They just say oh, your name on all of them. And Austin now. Yeah. 
it's whatever. That's cool. You've wanted since day one. I mean, you, you wanted, wanted to be gone. Wanted was friend. to acknowledge. Yeah, thanks for acknowledging me. It doesn't mean we're friends. It just means you said my name one time. I need Austin. Meanwhile, Stewart's got the most talent on anybody apparently in the city of Jacksonville. True story. So. I need Austin to do a another drinks at the rink kind of promo. I don't, what was the name of that one again? Oh, good uh, call. Yeah, that was for. Was that the Iceman? It was Iceman. Iceman. Yeah. The original. The original promo. Yeah. I thought I crushed that. Yeah, you did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That was you impressive. Hated it. That's why I loved it. I know. Because uh, I had to listen to it. My own. You, yeah, yeah, you took your headset <laughs> off every time it played. Yeah. See, I'm getting better with that. That's but now good. watching myself on TV, there's no way. So that's, that's, that's not going to be happy. You didn't like that? No, 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 no. You'll get there. We'll, nah, get, you, we'll, we'll get you there. We'll see. Oh, so you didn't watch the other day? I didn't. Sorry. On Thursday. No. But I watched the Friday Night Blitz. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Watched a little bit of that. Pretty good, huh? That was great. That's it's actually. I'm I'm very impressed with like. How many cuts you guys do? Like, all right, he's over here now, and then back over here. It's like that goes into it. I, I've That's seen Weber, the behind man. the scenes. Yeah. Weber does a good job with that show. It's good stuff. It's a good show. Yeah. Really is not just patting ourselves on the back. I've seen a lot of you shows. Are a little bit, and uh, no, but I, that's Weber. Like yeah. I don't take credit. Yeah, we did two shows last week that I really can't take much credit for that were really good. So maybe we should start doing more like that. There we go. That's why Golik and Wingo uh, say what they say. Yeah, the uh, the college football special we did last week was a good one. It's on the web if you want to check. Listen, that one out. sometimes you do shows and you just try to get the damn thing done. Yeah, there's there that happens. Yep, we do a lot of shows. Yep, it's a lot of shows. But then there are shows that are like, hey, I kind of I really like that. And and by the way, the Blitz, we are doing so many things right now on the TV side. You got to pay attention. Yeah, because last night, even on Action Sports Jack's primetime, mm. wasn't just a throwaway show. Sat down with Leonard Fournette. You're going to hear a little bit of that, and you'll hear it over the next week and a half because. Uh, there were a couple different stories I was working on. Ironically, the luck thing came up, so I asked him about luck. It's a long interview, huh? It actually. Who are you, Austin it, Lane, conducting these 15-minute interviews? It was. It was. It wasn't that long, but okay. uh, I was. I was concise, and so was he. It was he. also. It was in a sit-down setting, so a little different setting than hey, the. Than I, I, the I luck. was sitting down too. So we're talking about. It was a sit-down <laughs> setting when I did my down down Alfred Blue's locker. Apologies to Alfred Blue for stealing Dude, your chair. Dude, he was cool, man. He was all good with it. <laughs> And what, yeah, here's you, what you, you didn't see the looks he gave me while the interview was happening. Well, that's all good. That was your fault then. And uh, here's what you got to do, too. We we launched um, Making of a Program Part 2, if you will, The Reigns Run. Marcel Robinson's doing a nice job uh, following The Reigns Program on like a seven-episode miniseries, I think is the best way to describe it. Okay. And Part 1 was unveiled this weekend. And I thought it was really good. It's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Duran Wiley's a great character, a great subject for it. Their program is is uh, great to follow with all the history and the recent success. And uh, part one off to a good start, and that's on our Facebook and YouTube channels. So a lot of this stuff is on YouTube on Action Sports Shack's channel. Uh, so check it out. But we got a lot of good stuff happening. Sit down with Leonard, Friday Night Blitz, good college football special, uh, making of a program. I'm excited uh, about Blitz Game of the Week this week. And Looking Game of the Week. Yeah. yeah, you'll be getting on the call with uh, Kevin Sullivan. So, a lot happening. Uh, so, check it out. Please check it out. I mean, uh, the guys are working hard. Oh, just check oh, it now out. We're, now we're getting a little aggressive. Yeah, just check it out. This is where I get off. Uh, can we uh, talk about the Star Wars quick print before we get into sports since I kind of teased hey, it? What was the line I was supposed to say? By the time I got up here, I stopped and had two different conversations and forgot. Yeah, in like six minutes, you lost that Ray was going to the dark side. Ray was going yeah. to the dark side. That's what I was supposed <laughs> oh, to say. Brent, you want to talk about it? I have no idea what that That's means. That's all he would have had. But did you watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. Thoughts? So You're excited, aren't you? It's, I'm, it's I'm, cool if you are. Well, here's it's the not thing. Big deal. I, I, I will, I will I am, Jake Ryan you too. Just I am careful. easily 
pleased when it comes to movies. Like I, I am going to enjoy the cinematic experience. Sure. Like no matter, it could be an awful movie, but if like, like a child does, if right? stuff's blowing up mm-hmm. and you know there's visual things going on, I am going to be entertained. <laughs> you're, you're like a little kid. I'm, I am. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In many facets. So yes. like it's like all the Transformers movies. You thought they were awesome. See, I wouldn't say I thought they were awesome, but I mean, I enjoyed it. Okay. I, you know, I was yeah. able to sit there for a couple hours and be like, okay, I can get, I can wrap my head around this and enjoy this for a little bit. So here's my issue with the new Star right, Wars trailer, which is out. And listen, J.J. Abrams is yep. the master, okay? Mm-hmm. Not going to lince the guy's judgment here. He created Lost. He, he made the first Star Wars one. Uh, the second one, Brent, you know how I feel about it. Jake Ryan, no longer on our show. J.J. Abrams had nothing to do with that second one, okay? That was some other schmuck. Um, so with this third one now, they drop the trailer and they show Ray turning to the dark side. And Perhaps. Well, she's holding a red lightsaber yes, and she's red is bad. she's looking pretty mean and everything yes. like that. She got the hood up, you know. She's probably whipping her hair back and forth, as they say. I get that, and like the, all the hype right now is all oh, Ray's going to the dark side. How did we not see this coming? And like Twitter is ablaze. Here's my question to you though: what What's been the biggest? shocker in all the Star Wars movies ever. Like, go back to, like, the original ones. What was the biggest shocker? They even included Jar Jar Banks. Well, that, but I'm talking, like, the oh, old, okay. old school ones. Um, One would argue it's it's Vader. Should the Vader turn? Yeah. yeah, well, it's when you find out that Vader was Luke's father, the fate, right? Uh, the, yeah, that's part. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I that's, that's the probably fate, the biggest twist of all time. I would say the time. face turn at the end when he throws the Emperor down the shaft. Okay. I it's think, exciting, too. I think the biggest twist of Star Wars of all time is Vader. It's, it's his father. When it ends up being yeah. his father, yeah. Sure. I mean, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. So, Luke, I am your father. Here's the thing, though. You're not going to put that. Do you think Prince an Empire Strikes Back? Tommy boy. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, the fan? <laughs> do you think when that movie came out, though, do you think George Lucas put that in the trailer? When it was the biggest twist of the Star Wars franchise. So do you really think well, that Rey's going to the dark? Do no. you think that they're going to have that big a twist and they're going to put it in the trailer? No. It's obviously a dream sequence that was put in the trailer just to create the hype. And that's why I don't like the new trailer. Because you took a moment that's not actually happened. It's probably some kind of dream sequence where Rey's going to turn bad. You feel no. like they're being disingenuous. Yeah, you're being disingenuous. Because sure. if it was really that big a deal, you wouldn't put it in the trailer. You'd save it for the movie so everyone could be surprised altogether. Give me a break. Uh, I do feel, it, and perhaps it's a societal thing where people these days need to see everything, otherwise they're not going to be interested. I believe Coos is, is throwing this, one across the bat here. Is this what, is this what we're doing? Are you saying, you're saying he's a Debbie Downer, Coos? Coos, let's, let's hear your, your I'm in, being a Debbie Downer here. I'm just saying you're being a Debbie Downer. It's crazy that you can get those things on time, but when we ask you to do something important like balling and falling, you can't bring up the audio in time. That's, or, or that's play Marcel when I walk into yeah, the room. Or we yeah. can't have that's, hey, it's amazing. Let's uh, let's get some better music. How about happy hour one time before we get to my conversation <laughs> cool. with Leonard Fournette? Grab a drink, <laughs> grab a shot, tip your star tenders. Grab some almonds. Grab some almonds that I'm chewing on right now. 
And I got nothing else to say, man, because Kuz trying to call me out, and I'm not happy right well, now. I'll pick it up from here. Vita DeLuis recently got a 94 rate, rating, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in Tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. Drink responsibly. They'll be out on the Action Sports Jack's Dream 18 as well, so uh, looking forward to Vita DeLuis' participation. All right. Things just got nuts in here. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm stressed. I'm, yeah. I'm stress eating all my. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, upset me. What's up? Uh, watching a, a YouTube TV broadcast of the Braves and Rockies, uh, and they sent their intrepid reporter to the concession stand and made her on air eat Rocky Mountain oysters live. Wow, was it bad? No, it, they they thought it tasted fine. Fried? You know, yeah, it's fried. Okay. You, you know, it is one of those. It used to be a faux pas on TV to eat. Sure. Now it seems like it's encouraged. Especially with these kind of things where it's like, oh, do something silly and wacky yeah, yeah. The, the random reporter out in the field. Yeah, that's part of it. All right. Uh, I was a reporter yesterday. Sat down with Leonard Fournette, Jack's yeah. running back. And uh, we are working on a couple of th- – there's a couple of different stories I'm working on with Leonard Fournette. And so we'll have those coming up. We have a big uh, one-hour special in uh, next Wednesday, uh, September 4th. So we're kind of working a little bit toward that. We'll have some special interviews and an hour worth of program, 25th season of the Jags. So put it on your radar, people. But because of the luck thing, uh, asked him a little bit about it. He brought up Telvin Smith, and then we talked a little bit more about injuries uh, and and kind of that love of the game and, and how it wears on you. Of course, Leonard Fournette missed a lot of last season. My conversation uh, with Andrew uh, <laughs> with Leonard Fournette about Andrew Luck yesterday. Man, it, it took me about, I was getting needling yesterday, actually, like 11.30 at night. And when it came up on uh, ESPN, you know what I mean? And uh, the first thing came to my mind, I thought about Telvin. You know what I mean? So it's always interesting to see from other players and their standpoint how to feel about certain things, you know, and it took a lot of people by surprise. And this is about playing this game for the, all the years I've been playing. You know, I know how mentally draining it can be when you have when you're dealing with injuries or you're trying to overcome a lot of things and also in your personal life and it's like when the season comes it comes fast and you have no time to really like try to get over one obstacle then another obstacle comes so uh, I mean I really I feel where you come from you always have to make sure you're in the right place yourself before you come for the team is that a part of this that that is a barrier between what goes on in here what you guys kind of go through as athletes especially in this game uh, and then maybe the outside world because we kind of look at it like wow leave a lot of money on the table, 29 years old, very talented, legacies and records and all those things. Yeah, uh, I believe sometimes it's not about the money, you know, and I seen a, a fan say something under my tweet about, you know, nobody want to hear that, he's, he's getting paid, uh, money don't make you happy, <laughs> you know what I mean, to keep it real with you, and I think mental health, health is the most important thing you can have. You love the game, Yeah. but does it make you think when guys like Telvin and, and Luck and and say, man, uh, when does it take a toll on you, even though you're still a young guy? Yeah, I believe at some point in your career, not in your career, but in your life, you have, you have to set standards for yourself. You know, make sure everything is in order before you come to your second family. Football is like is our second family, you know what I mean? Uh, and the good thing about our team, we always communicate with each other about either what problems we have going on in our household, family, and stuff like that, and we try to help each other out instead of someone just holding in and you know you can kind of sense it you know in their plan the way they act and kind of distance from each other so I think we hold we hold each other accountable for that on our team just try to sense each other out, see what's going on 
Well, that's my conversation with Leonard Fournette uh, this weekend talking about Andrew Luck and, and brings up Telvin Smith. And we still really don't know what's going on with Telvin Smith. That's the interesting part. You know, Luck explained himself. Telvin Smith has never explained himself. Uh, now, he doesn't have to, but we really don't have context on exactly what's going on with Telvin Smith. But it is interesting. It brings us back to, well, more guys do this. And we talked about the money and the information but you have to think more and more guys. There's been a decent amount of players that have done this. You know, uh, Patrick Willis, right? Yeah. Uh, and then there was another, wasn't there another linebacker in San Francisco? Um, yeah, the, the, there was the cat from um, Wisconsin. Uh, Bo, I, I'm just going to drive me crazy. Bowman? No, no, no. What, uh, B- Chris Borland. Borland. Yes. Borland. That's Sorry. right. Yeah. That's right. We eventually got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was good. That was yeah. a good call because I wasn't. It wasn't on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. But you know, so we've seen some of this anyway. But this is such a high-profile one. We just yeah. brought up Cam Newton. I mean, would it stun you if this guy's career ends earlier than most people think? And again, I think the dynamic that you have to consider is the fact that a guy like Tom Brady might play until he's fifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. crazy, right? I mean, you've got a guy, and that's how we measure people. Sometimes we measure on length of career. Yeah, that's how I pick our Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, the show lasts for a while. Is <laughs> yeah. that's a good call? Uh, I want to ask you: How do you lose the love of the game? Sure. And there's an there's a level of that because you have to have a certain love to play it and go to work every day for it. I mean, I talked I about on the show, Brent. I'm, you have, so I want to ask you because I lost it, you yeah. know, and I still try to carry on, which probably wasn't the best thing to do. But so I want to ask you a little bit about that. And Andrew Luck Hall of Fame. This thing got shot down on my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and I found it interesting because around here we we say screw longevity for Tony Baselli. Is there any relationship, or is it not really apples to apples? Let's discuss next on ESPN 690. Oh, we're having a lot of conversations. Yeah. Should Andrew Luck go, will he, or should he, get any consideration for the Hall of Fame at some point? If this is it, if this truly doesn't come back. And I'm not really entertaining those questions, by the way. I think he's genuine about this. I don't think he's going to the XFL because his dad's involved. And I don't think he's coming back in a few years. I don't. I think he's done. I really do. There's not even a part of me that thinks that. I understand why the question gets asked, but I don't think that. So he's done. And I, I raised the question Saturday night, late Saturday night. I had like, I don't know, maybe a thousand responses on a vote. And 88% said no to the Hall of Fame. And I was like, oh, all right. That surprised me a little bit because I always go by the name test. Before I even look up a, a, a stat, I say Andrew Luck, for the at least the years he was in his career, has always been listed as an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hasn't he? I mean, even for, as a rookie, he went 11-5. and five. He had like seven comeback wins in the fourth quarter as a rookie, where usually guys struggle. Yeah. Now, you go back and look at his numbers. He was pacing Peyton Manning style with yardage and touchdowns and other things. But obviously that pace wears out when you don't when you when you only play six years and seven seasons um, total. But you only really played six seasons. And. And and you also play Brady and Manning and Rivers and Roethlisberger and. Now Mahomes, but I'm not going to put Mahomes in that category. But those four guys Out pretty much AFC. dominated the AFC side of things yeah. before you would maybe even get to Luck, even though you considered him elite. So yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not uh, 
waving the flag for Andrew Luck to go to Canton. I was just a little surprised that more people didn't say yeah. But I, they might be right. <laughs> no, I mean, if it's up to me with all the, and listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of the guy, but I don't think his numbers would warrant him, um, his Boston Canton, you know, and you, you brought up the point with Tony Baselli where Baselli didn't play, you know, he, he didn't have, uh, necessarily the longest career, but it's hard to compare an offensive tackle who was an all decade member, you know, who was an all pro. And you compare that to a quarterback because Baselli doesn't have the stats to go off of. All you have to go off of is his accolades, whether it was Pro Bowls, All Pros, All Decade teams, and what his teammates say about him. That's all you have to go off of at that tackle position. Set aside from Andrew Luck playing the quarterback, well, I can look right here. You know, I mean, he finished his career with 171 touchdowns and 83 interceptions. Pretty good, but all things considered, only six years playing. It just doesn't, you know. It's, yeah, and it's not the Hall of Pretty Good, as, yeah, as yeah, we exactly. found out. And uh, the best argument for Baselli always is he was the best at his position during his tenure. Andrew and you Luck can't was say not that, that about Andrew Luck, so that's fair. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll throw some more numbers at you, uh, since we're, we're playing the numbers game. Five and a half years is really what he played. Yeah. Because the one year he only had seven starts. True, 15, 2015. So five and a half years. Of those five and a half years, two years, great. One year, good. The rest, Eh. Last year was his best year, right? Statistically, uh, no. Uh, 20, 2014 was the forty touchdowns, sixteen picks. Okay. This past year, thirty nine touchdowns, fifteen picks. So comparable. Those are the two great seasons. He had a thirty one and thirteen. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd put it at great. Then he had a fifteen and twelve. That was the half a year. Twenty three and nine. Twenty three and eighteen. Twenty three eighteen is the first one. That's touchdowns to picks for those people who are. Wondering what I'm talking about. And he'd be, um, he was sacked like 170 times or something in his mm-hmm. career, I think it was. So he took a bunch of hits. Played five less games than Tony Baselli in his career. Hmm. Baselli played 91. Luck played 86. That's regular season. Yeah, and, and, and this is a guy who never went to the Super Bowl. You know, he never no. gets, So he's like four and four in the postseason. They yeah. go to an AFC championship game. They lost the New England Patriots that year. Uh, so I ask you this, though, because it's interesting once you start thinking about these guys and the numbers they're putting up. As a as a comparison of sorts, in the NFC, you would give me your top quarterbacks right off the top of your mind. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Um, man, <laughs> uh, I guess Matt Ryan would, would be up there. Matt Ryan I would put up there. Yeah. Eli okay. Manning Russell. will eventually probably go because he got two Super Bowls. And longevity will help him. And right. Put up a lot of numbers, but yeah. two Super Bowls certainly mean something. It does. But what I was thinking was Russell Wilson. Yeah. And so Russell Wilson, I think, has developed himself into an elite quarterback, right? You gotta, he's, he is. He's up there. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be actually well, third on hey, your list, right? You got Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Drew Brees, and, and Russell yeah. Wilson. I'm going to take Matt Ryan back. Go ahead and give me Russell Wilson number three. Listen, he's the highest paid quarterback for a reason in yeah. the league right now. But and I would say if Russell Wilson retired today, would he be in the Hall of Fame? He won a Super Bowl, went to another Super Bowl. And and uh, what I would think, though, I want to just tell you, again, I do this by the, the like the ear test, the name test. And I would say, yeah, I think so. But his numbers are really pretty comparable. Six-time six time Pro Bowler. He's a six-time Pro Bowler now, Russell Wilson? 196 touchdowns to just 63 interceptions. Yeah, but he does. He, but he has. Uh, Luck played 86 games to get what he got. Correct. Uh, he Russell Wilson more. has 112 games. Yeah. Well, then also take into account how many rushing touchdowns he has too. 16. Okay, I thought it'd be more than that. Okay, I bet Luck has 12 rushing touchdowns. I guess. Yeah, you know he could yeah. move. So it, it's just interesting when you put it in in that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, but I think I think again the Super Bowl 
those those six Pro Bowls. Uh, was Russell Wilson All Pro at all? Has he made the All Pro? No, I don't believe so. He hasn't. That's interesting that he hasn't made that. Uh, but I, I would think but, most people would say Russell Wilson is in the Hall of Fame if he retired tomorrow. And to play devil's advocate here, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's success in those Super Bowl teams came from his defense. You know, I think his defense helped him out a lot. Not that it stays like oh, those early years, yeah. no doubt. And Andrew Luck, I don't think he had the luxury of playing with a, a, a solid defense no. or even a solid offensive line, um, a decent running game maybe for a couple of those years. I don't think they even had a really decent running game. So I think more of it was pinned to Luck as opposed to Russell Wilson when he came in. He kind of had a lot of things at his disposal, a defense working with him. He had a good running game in Marshawn Lynch. Now the receivers weren't there, but still he had a lot of things in his favor. I think Andrew Luck is more like Manning in that sense, mm. right? Uh, and Brady has been like that at times in his career, too, where he hadn't had all the help, but like Pro Bowl help. And I go back to a guy even like Dan Marino. I mean, Marino didn't have the defense. If, if Marino ever had a defense, he would have won two Super Bowls probably sure. at least, but he just didn't have the complete team. Trying to make up for all those Marino people coming after you the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The funny, the irony about the whole Marino thing is like, there's the no biggest athlete Marino that I've ever, ever yeah. loved more than Dan Marino. <laughs> Busted chops the other night, and all the Miami fans got mad at uh, oh. at the tweet because I said the Jags helped them create the statue outside of the stadium oh. earlier than. Uh, Dang, Brent! Yeah, yeah Brent, <laughs> Brent came hard in South Florida, man. Little ether, okay. Spent some time was, on the beach. I was catering to the uh, to my audience, the Twitter audience, <laughs> <laughs> and they enjoyed it. Uh, hey, you by the way, luck. Sorry, fantasy. Fo- you had a fantasy draft Saturday morning. Saturday and morning. Had luck, Andrew Luck. Uh, now it was it was eighth round, so I mean I was already devaluing the quarterback position because our league does that. Um, so, but I'm he was going to be my QB one. Uh, now he is. Why don't off to the waiver wire? Why don't people do the drafts after week four of the preseason? Yeah, why? I don't. You're asking got, the wrong guy. Uh, at least for our purposes, we all have work to do. Uh, so well, we we found a time that we could work it, and this was the time that it worked. It, it was I, just, I would just do it till after week, you know, because I mean, there's injuries and stuff. I mean, not to say nobody could see Andrew Luck retiring. Nobody saw that coming, but I'm saying... Well, the vast majority of games were done at that point. Yeah, because gotcha. week three is when all the starters play. Yeah, yeah, so whatever and So you most got. of them play Thursday and Friday, and for the the vast majority of people would be good to go well, for the season. I'm sure those... Except for Andrew Miller Luck and Lamar fans, Miller. Lamar Miller, yeah. I'm don't, glad I didn't pick both of them, because that would have been yeah. a bad day. Don't pick Chad any either. Broken ankle. Yeah, so no, all that, no worries um, there. Too bad there. The... Uh, and, and I mean that sincerely. That kind of sounded like tongue in cheek. I mean, I like, no, I like Chad. No, no, no. I think he's <laughs> so, sincere. And he would have been coming back. Now I don't know. Yeah, I probably won't even make the trip now back, uh, I doubt back it. here yeah. uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. One last thought on the luck thing, and then I'm actually going to get to QB one two in at Florida State and a little Stafford. By the way, was my other pick. So that's not bad. Just slide him. He'll in put there. some numbers. We'll be fun. The we talked about it a little bit uh, of if we'll see more people do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about Cam Newton. You know, a lot of this is love of the game. It's not f- not getting through the next thing of injuries. It's yeah. that that takes a toll. I get it. The men- mental stuff, the physical stuff. He's been battling for years, but he said that took his love of the game away. Mm-hmm. You've talked about it before. Yeah. You know, by the time you ended up in Chicago, you had kind of lost that love of the game. If I'm not it. mistaken. Oh, I was over it. Yeah. Well, how so, do, like I don't get that. See, we say that, yeah, but I don't understand what that means. Like, no, for sure. Uh, so I don't know. Like I mean, I I used to like I used to love Dan Marino. Who retired. I didn't like him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was fine, you know. But yeah. uh, like loving a game I mean, and people that work or listen, they don't really love their jobs. Yeah, like athletes 
love their jobs and games and sport and grew up playing. So it's mm-hmm. totally different. What does it mean to lose the, the, the love, love of the, the game? game? Yeah, so first of all, if you're in the NFL, more than likely, unless you're like the 1%, you've been playing the game since you know you could basically walk. Uh, whether it's Pop Warner, flag football, you, you've been playing the game since you were a kid. So you kind of fall in love with the game there. And as you progress through, you know, your career in high school and in college, you start to see that guys play the game for maybe more reasons than just the love of the game, whether it's the money, the fame, um, and that if I winning a Super Bowl, winning a championship in college, there's always different reasons of why you play the game, but it always comes back to the love because I think a lot of NFL players think, well, look at how much time I dedicate towards my craft of being a football player. If I was to dedicate that to maybe being a businessman, if I was maybe to dedicate that being a lawyer, whatever you want, I mean, just go ahead and fill in the blank with your job. You could be, you can make that much money as well because you have that work ethic and you want to be the best you can be. So I think a lot of the times that's, that's where the love always comes in, where the love is always what you fall back on. Even when you make your millions and millions of dollars, which I never did, but I think even when you start playing for money and you're taking care of your family, you, you reach a number where it's like, okay, I made this much money now. I need to find something else, uh, to, you know, to, to inspire me, to, to motivate me. Not to say that everyone doesn't like making money, and sometimes it's not about the money, it's what the money says, right? Like, you, you want to be valued. But at the end of the day, it's always about the love of the game. So it's kind of a rude awakening one day when you just wake up, and all of a sudden, like, you don't feel the joy that you felt, you know, walking in the stadium. Because that joy was always there, right? It's Whether it's like the first time you, you're in Pop Warner, you put on the pads, or whether it's like it's week, you know, 14, 15, you walk into the stadium getting ready to try to go to the playoffs, you know? Like, it's that same type of feeling. It's the mm-hmm. game that's always been there. Well, then all of a sudden one day, whether it's with injuries, whether it's with politics in the locker room, with the coaching staff, whether it's maybe you're not happy with your money situation, whatever the reason is, one day all of a sudden you stop losing that joy. And now you're, you don't have that motivation to play with joy. Now it feels like a job. For the first time in your life, the NFL or whatever you're at, it feels like a job. And now you feel like an everyday person. And I'm not trying to talk people down. You know, I'm not trying to like, I'm just trying to compare it to, there's people out there that hate their jobs, right? But they have to go to work every single day. Yeah, they don't have a choice. Exactly. And that's kind of what it feels to be like in the NFL where you're trapped now. You don't want to leave because you realize how great an opportunity this is. But at the same time, it's killing you. you know. And, and that's what I was like in Chicago. And this is why I give Andrew Luck so much credit because he stopped loving the game. He stopped finding joy in the game like he said in his press conference. So he walked away. For me, I, w- I was too scared to walk away. I I didn't want to squander the opportunity, and it had nothing to do with money, because I figured whatever I do in life, I'll be fine financially. It wasn't about the money. To me, it was just being scared because I guess it's like the unknown, what you don't know what's going to happen after you do it. You know, like football has always been there, and all of a sudden you say you don't want to do it anymore. What next? It's that fear of the unknown. So I was too chicken uh, to to walk away myself. I had to have a coach sit me down in the office and be like, all right, you're getting kind of old. Maybe you can't play anymore. And then once the coach, like, reiterated that to me, then I was like, all right, see, the coach said, John Fox told me I was too old. Okay, we're all good. Time to retire. I needed that reinforcement. Andrew Luck didn't have the reinforcement. He basically took it upon himself and said, listen, uh, I'm not having fun anymore. Um, I'm stressing out. And he walked away. And I think that needs to be commended because there's a lot of guys, I think, in the NFL, Brent, that are worn out. Because you got to remember, same game since you're a kid. Now, the coaches change, the philosophies change, but it's the same type of game. 
And once you get to the NFL and you realize that it's not like college, it's not like high school, there are politics, um, there are some people in that locker room or on the coaching staff that may not have your best interests in mind, there is the media that you have to deal with that sometimes paints you in a negative picture. When you add up all those things, you start to lose, I guess, just you know, the innocence of, of what, the, what the game meant to you when you were a kid. So it can be a stressful situation. Yeah, really well said. Uh, hard to relate, like I said. So I'm yeah, glad you shared it with us yeah. because it's uh, it's just not relatable to to our lives. The the only thing I'm thinking as you're talking, I was like, you know, when I was in my early 30s, and this, I've been wanting to do this since I was 11, 12 years old. Sure. Right. I was thinking the same thing. But, I'm drawing those parallels to the TV world where you yeah. see people flame out and they go work in the real world and get normal jobs. Yeah. So I, I kind of see some parallels there. Obviously, it's not the same. It's not the same. The but, stakes aren't the same. But I was thinking in my early 30s, I was like, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm not going to be able to make enough money or go where I want to go. In this, so what else would I do? And I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do. Yeah. So I think that thought. Still there. We're still there. That's good. Kept me We're going. still thinking that. Like I, really, like I didn't mind working the weekends. I didn't yeah. mind go, coming home at 1 in the morning. Like I didn't, sure. I didn't want to be the guy mowing my lawn at 9 o'clock on a Saturday. Of course. I just didn't yeah. want to be it. So it's different things. That's the only thing I could I could relate. But it's totally different. I mean, it's totally different well, than but, that world. Well, it because is it's, that's not. I mean, those are some prime examples that you just gave. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of the same thing. Tomorrow I want to get into it. I'm not going to do it today. But yeah. tomorrow, and I hope I don't forget this. It's I'll, about, I'll make a note. Because you just brought it up, the love of the game. You went through that experience. Yeah. But how the quarterback position might be different than any other in sports because Double of that. standard, man, for yeah. sure. So we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Uh, yeah, about quarterback in Tallahassee, it gets named. And we have a little stay in your lane, although I feel like you've given us a lot of stay in your lanes today. I know. Between it's been Star very Wars good and the love of the game and Star everything. Star Wars man. and stories <laughs> about Andrew Luck and the love of the game. Fantastic yeah. show for Austin Lane. Thank we you. we got more to come on ESPN 690. Hey, no surprise, James Blackman named the starting quarterback at Florida State. I'm looking forward to seeing what Willie Taggart and Kendall Bryles and this uh, offense for the Knowles is. Uh, we have become over the last couple of weeks your official Seminole station. Just want to <laughs> let you know, I've talked more Knowles in, in the last couple of weeks uh, than most. Yeah. But um, Saturday night, they come to Jacksonville. It's a big story, cool story. It'll be fun. We'll talk more about it as the week goes along. But there was no surprise. I mean, again, we spent some time on it. I caught up with Blackman uh, last week at Media Day. And I, I, You know, the, the thing that was telling to me last week, and we kind of figured that it would be, although Hornibrook made that thing closer than anybody expected. And I, the word out of Tallahassee is that it was relatively close. Yeah. That's the word now. Yeah. They were still giving first team snaps to Hornibrook, I think, as late as Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And they had a final scrimmage over the weekend. So but but when we had Media Day last Sunday, it was Tamari and Terry who said, as QB one when talking about when I asked him about Blackman. Yeah. And I was like, see, they know who their guy is. Mm-hmm. Players always know. Yeah. You know? So I was convinced. It was going to be James Blackman, and for a myriad of reasons, and, and reasons that are somewhat obvious, too. But now, what can they do with him? What is this team going to look like? I, I, after last year, I'll tell you the dynamic again, and I know we weren't doing the show together, but last year around this time, after I had gone to Tallahassee, the hype there about Taggart, the draw. Oh, you should have heard of me, the, man. The, 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 yeah. the magnetism of him, I think. Uh, and and what people believed in him, yeah. In that, from a player standpoint, and how this offense was going to be, and it's going to be fast, and it's going to be this, it's going to be that, and then the the absolute just garbage they laid out there in the opener, and really the first couple few weeks was was stunning. 
And I said, I'm not making that same mistake again. They talked it up again this year, although I felt like it was a little bit more cautious. Yeah. It was more chip on the shoulder. It was more, let's get Florida State back, not let's pie in the sky. But I'm not buying into it until I see it. I, I don't know what to expect, quite honestly, Saturday night from the Florida State Seminoles. And I don't know anybody in their right mind that can that can know. Because yeah. what we saw last year was about as unexpected as anybody could ever imagine out of a Seminoles team. Living in Jacksonville, I have Gator friends and I have, you know, FSU fans. And I remember when, when the picks came out, when Taker announced he's going to Florida State, and then Mullen said he was going to Florida, I go, oh, Florida State got the best deal out of that. I mean, you, you got an exciting guy in Taker. Um, he's going to have all that explosiveness that, that the Florida State brings to that program now at his disposal. And here you have Mullen, who, you know, is kind of like this, I don't want to call him vanilla, but, you know, I mean, he's always kind of been like the bridesmaid, right? Like he's had some good seasons, but he's never been the top of, of, of the town in the SEC. So I was like, oh, Taker's going to take that program to, to new heights. It's going to be new echelon at Florida State. And then you see what happened last year. And listen, I was eating crow last year because I thought Florida State was going to be the surprise, um, you know, of NCAA football. I thought they're going to be legit, and I couldn't have been more wrong. So yeah, I'm, I'm careful to hype them up now, right? Um, I think on paper, uh, with Boise State coming to Jacksonville, I think you like Florida State's chances. Um, I don't think it's not. This is not the, the Boise State of the past, right? It's not the Boise State where they're they're going to kill Goliath every single time when they go out there. This is a different Boise State team, and we'll kind of break them down more. I think as the week progresses. One guy I'm watching Boise State though, Curtis Weaver. Uh, uh, he's going to be a first round pick projected right now at defensive end, an edge rusher. Dude's legit. But all things considered, I think Florida State you like in that game. And now that they have their quarterback finally announced, which took a little longer than expected, but hopefully. If you're a Florida State fan, they can get under a roll and not have an ugly game like the Gators did or, or the Hurricanes did. All right. Uh, let's uh, a couple more things about college football. And again, we'll talk more Knowles. And you'll hear some more of my interviews. I still have more with Kendall Bryles. We talked about a little on the defensive side of things with some folks. DJ Matthews, who's coming back home, played at Trinity Christian and First Coast. Cam Akers, talented running back. I'll share some of those conversations throughout the week that I got in Tallahassee about this upcoming season and uh, specifically Saturday against Boise State. But... College football in general, this week zero thing, Miami and Florida. <laughs> I, first of all, I hate the term week zero. Yeah, I'm, no, done I, I, I'm so I, I, done with week zero. Every time you hear that, I think of patient zero from um, like the zombie movies. Yeah, like it just, it, it's driving me up a wall. It, it's dumb. We yeah. have to label everything. Why call, do we have to label everything? Can we just call it the first week in college football? I mean, we do the first week? Can we just say that? Because they're afraid week zero? to, though. They're afraid to say that because only four teams started. So... I, I I'd rather the, the, the opening bonus week. week. Okay, bonus week, opening week, whatever. I but don't know. this week's opening week. See, that's the problem. Uh, okay. I get they're conflicted, I, but do we have to label it something? Like, hey, we label storms, right? Yeah. The, what's this one? Dorian uh, coming Dorian, up. Dorian, yes, Tropical yes, storm. Yep. yep. You know what the the most asinine thing is? Hit me with it. About four or five years ago, and maybe it's a little longer than that. I'm attacking the Weather Channel again. I love you, Weather Channel. Uh oh. But now the Weather Channel names winter storms. I mean, why do we have to name everything? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be we honest. We either have to give abbreviations yeah. or names to everything. When it get, I'm going to be honest. Like, when it comes to hurricanes or, like you said, winter storms, like back home in Wisconsin, 
I don't associate the name to anything. Like, you, you could say Hurricane whatever, like Irma. I don't remember which one that was. I just remember we had a hurricane a couple years ago, knocked the roof off my house, and it sucked. That's all I remember. I, I don't remember the, the names of every single hurricane, and I don't tie them to every one of the incidents. I just remember the times. I don't remember the names of the times. Yeah, well, I get kind of the, the hurricane stuff made sense, but you better start early. See, the hurricanes, they started early. Sure. The winter storms, like... Back home, when I was born, there was like the blizzard of 78. Sure. Like, we know what that is. Yeah, exactly. It was a blizzard of 78. It yeah. wasn't like blizzard, blizzard Brent. Ben, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. I gave you a perfect opportunity Sorry, to name man. a storm after me, and yeah. I had to do it myself. Yeah, I said Ben. I was off. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Yeah. Uh, how long we got left, Coos? All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to have a stay in your lane. Yeah. Uh, but I, I one more thought about college football. I knew I wanted to get something else. We talked Gators. We're going to – Miami, do you, do you feel like I feel do – do you think they actually got a little momentum out of a loss potentially? Is that possible? Sure. Uh, oh, you asked me right now. I thought we were going to say yeah, break. No, nah, no. Nah, um, I want to know real quick. Yeah, I, I think they actually did. I mean, listen, they weren't perfect in doing it. But the biggest thing I took away from it is you have a quarterback now who played in his first college game. Um, against the adversity, against a pretty petrid offensive line, I thought he did pretty well. Okay, I, I thought he showed some chops. Now, yes, you have to lead him on the line a little better. You can't get those delayed game calls and call timeouts and cost your team like that. But I think to go in that environment, to put up that kind of performance, which is better than Felipe Franks, I thought, I thought he, he did pretty good. Yeah, but the one difference, here's a caveat. Three years ago, they would not have given Felipe Franks a chance to win a game like that. Mm. The other night, they did, they did, and he went out and did with the long bomb. They wouldn't do it. They didn't give Jaron Williams a chance to go win it. In that third quarter, they were very conservative. Yeah. And I don't know if I blame them. Their defense was playing so good. Let me ask this quick question. Who do you want on your football team right now? You want Felipe Franks or Jaron Williams going into this season? This season? This season. I still want Felipe Franks. Taking Franks? Franks? Yeah. Okay. Hey, we'll be back. Stay in your lane on ESPN 690. Yeah, see that? Kurt Bush likes you. What's up, Kurt? Appreciate it. All right, so that Gator game. You know, my kid's a Gator fan. Okay. Ty. Well, one question quick. Who are, who are you a fan of growing up for universities? At colleges? None. Really? College football didn't matter where I grew Rhode up. Rhode Island? Okay. They don't really have it up north, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. It's just so different, right? No, nope, they really don't care. Now, a lot of Notre Dame fans, because so many Catholics okay. in New England. Sure. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, my first memory was Doug Flutie, but then Boston College had nobody after Doug Flutie. Yeah. So it's not like people became, they were Flutie fans. They weren't really Boston College fans, although that's the biggest school to root for. Uh, and then, you know, a bunch of Ivy League schools, and I would go to Brown University games. Uh, one of my little league coaches, Brown Bears, right? Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, uh, and they actually had a very fun offense. Okay, so they were they was they were exciting to watch play because they put up a lot of points. Cool. But I had somebody who'd leave me tickets like every Friday. Yeah, and so, sometimes I'd go to Brown by myself. My mom would just drop me <laughs> off, and I'd go to the game. Uh, Ivy League. I didn't right? have very friends. Yeah, I guess not. So. Uh, Damn. But that's how I watch football because my parents weren't going. They could care less about yeah, watching. Sure. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, Brown. I went to Brown, I went to Brown football. <laughs> you, 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 you went to Brown. Yeah. It was really a, a lot of people in the stands. <laughs> so anyway, Ty's, a, Ty's like a gator. Yep. He is a gator. Mm-hmm. Somehow. I get this from my wife on Saturday night. I was working. Mm-hmm. They were watching. And she said at 10.04, and the game ended about 10.40. Ty is going to pop a blood vessel. I said, I, I bet. She said, I don't. Uh, should, well, that was a different question. She said, I mean, he is going crazy. 
I seriously think he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> Dang, what's up, Ty? What's going on, man? Just, just from the just from the penalties and everything, and just the, the sloppy play. He gets into it, man. You ever see that? The funny. That's the great. Uh, the great uh, dynamic for me in, in kind of looking at myself now who I was not a fan. Like, I'm just not a fan. I talk about sports, but I'm not. I can't get to that point of fandom. Again, I'll say it. Maybe Yankees, Red Sox will do that yeah, a yeah. little bit so I can start feeling the juices and the blood flowing. Yep. But when I was a kid, I was like that. I was okay. throwing stuff at the TV. Runs in the family. Oh then. my gosh! I was. My mom would get so mad. She she would like. <laughs> she'd actually. I get in trouble. Like I couldn't even watch like the rest of the game sometimes because my mom didn't get it like at all. I mean, my no, mom and dad no. weren't sports fans, so they yeah. didn't. At least we kind of get it. Yeah. At home, they're gonna be like, like an exorcist for you, man. Yeah. They couldn't comprehend what's going and on. If you're a kid and you're a sports fan, like in, as you were growing up, and your dad was a sports fan, well, he was probably swearing at the TV too. Oh, of course. So it was okay. It was like my the cool would, thing to do. My mom would tell us to go into the basement. When yeah. The Eagles were having a bad game. Yeah, but but you'd go together, and you yeah. he'd be yelling at the TV and throwing stuff at the TV probably once in a while too. Well, that's <laughs> what happened. That's like a that's a thing yeah. that didn't happen in my like I was the only one doing it. So like they thought I was there was something seriously wrong with me. <laughs> I, and Steph uh, the other night thought Ty was going to hurt himself. I just thought that was pretty normal. Steph runs in the family, man. Like father, <laughs> like son. It is what it is. That was one of those games for Gator fans oh, and Miami fans. Oof. Holy cow, that was yeah. a tough one to digest. Yeah. Fortunately, again, I'm on the outside. I, I didn't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have a dog in the fight. All right, stay in your lane. What you got? All right, cruise control. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What kind of car is this? You know what the kind of car is? You know those you cars where they, like, they raise them up? Box big up. wheels. Box heavy? Yeah. Box heavy. Yeah. yeah. And yep. it bounces? Yeah. Box yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish everybody could see what Brett was doing. He said bounces. I just um, saw him like recently in Savannah. They had like oh, a whole show of them. Yeah. I and you know how like they can make them go? No, I, like, yeah, uh, they got the hydraulics on them. There we go, the hydraulics, man. Yeah. I, I didn't have what, hydraulics. That's what car we're starting up here. So my very first car in high school, by the way, 1979 Lincoln Continental. Really? 20 feet long, solid steel. And then I bought some spinners from Walmart and put them on, on like the, the hubcaps spinners yeah so they had the, that was going on my hub i'm gonna tell you you look this up tonight okay you already got i had several cars in high school my sure. first car is a subaru because i bought it off my parents okay but i had several cars because my my grandfather yep. owned like a used car or not owned worked at a used car place yep. so like my, my senior year of high school or junior senior year of high school yep. i had like all different cars it was really kind of weird like <laughs> I, I didn't get it but one of the cars i got i drove to high school was a Peugeot. Peugeot? Go look Never it up. Never heard of it. Can't Go wait. Look it up. It was like homework for tonight. Like Can't wait. It was like plum colored. Peugeot. How do you, do you know spell it? Uh, give, me, give, me, give me a hint. I, I want to say it's like P-E-U-G-O-T. Okay. okay. Right, you got to stay in your lane. All right. Cruise control. Uh, Catherine <laughs> Kyle of Carnegie, Pennsylvania is a 99-year-old diehard Pittsburgh Pirates fan, but she's never been to PNC Park, Brent, to see a game in person. Well, for her 99th birthday, her family all chipped in, all 16 children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, and accompanied her to their first ball game in person. Here's the audio. 99 years to do it. A woman from Carnegie finally got to see the Buccos play. Catherine Kyle, huge Pirates fan, says she's never been to PNC Park to watch the game until tonight when her family, also known as Catherine's crew, took her out to the ball game for her birthday, her 99th birthday. Catherine says she's been a lifetime fan. They're a bunch of nice guys, I think. What I want to do is hear them sing 
take me out to the ball game. It's seventh inning. <laughs> this was a collective effort between many of her grandkids, great grandkids, um, and I just feel lucky to be a part of it. But they really they made this come together. It was a lot of moving parts. Pretty cool story. That is pretty good. Now you put her up the nosebleeds, which I don't understand. Okay, you put her up the nosebleeds. She was in the third deck, I think, like the third level deck. Hopefully, they had an elevator going well, up there. Yeah, I guess, but. Hey, let's go ahead and get her like on the field or something. You know, let's make it a little more memorable. You're gonna put her in the third deck there. And one thing about it, if you're watching the Pirates play, you can probably get down to the first deck pretty easy yeah. and get front row seats. There's exactly. not many people there. Not a lot of fans there, am I right? <laughs> We're on the same page, Brent. Pump your brakes real quick. Uh, ooh, according to multiple sources, the University of Florida Gator Band was attacked by the Miami uh, Miami Hurricane fans after the game. Uh, really? Yeah, the, the Florida Gator Band was surrounded by their bus. I guess some fans tried to come between the, the players and the bus. Um, it, it resulted in some injuries, including the band director getting choked and then slammed to the wow. ground. I not a good look that. for Miami Hurricane fans. Come on, yeah. Canes fans. Yeah. What are we doing? By the way, someone just sent me this. Do I look like Felipe Franks? From Holy high school, cow, that's, you do. Uh, Holy that's cow. from high school, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like your you brother. Go. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for Coos, Stuart Weber, stop by. Austin Lane, I'm Brett Morneau. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. I'll be out at the Shrimp Game, 6.50, Fox 30. Josh Allen's throwing out the first pitch. We'll see you on TV tonight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.